In the groove rips off Dance Dance Revolution, adds 3D and zany mods, makes a splash. Genshin Impact rips off Zelda, adds gotcha, becomes a huge hit. Power World rips off Pokemon, adds guns, becomes the next lightning in a bottle. Derivative works in merging two hit formulas together to make a new one is not an uncommon act, but makes for a legal headache and an unending gamer debate. I'm still avoiding talking about layoffs. Now it's time for your hosts, Rev Roberts, Jamie Summers, and Loki to talk about these and the rest of the week's gaming news. Starting right now on the show, where every gamer has a voice... Hello, my friends out there on the internet, and welcome back to another week of the show where every gamer has a voice. It is Orange Lounge Radio Live once again tonight, January the 28th, 2024, for the 991st time, that's right, episode 991, of our program live since 2002, uh, if you can believe it or not, talking about video games, the gaming industry, the gamer lifestyle, gaming culture, uh even when sometimes the news isn't so good which i feel like it is this week i was just saying earlier it's it's hard to be a gaming enthusiast show when you're not always feeling enthusiastic about the industry and i think those of you that follow the news even very lightly probably have a very good idea what i'm referencing we'll get to that in a moment but first i'm always enthusiastic to say hello to my co-host well i'm, I'm kind of welcoming back last week well dark sakura was here for part of the show but hi dark sakura or jamie summers Hi, and I hope you're feeling better this week. I'm feeling much better. You know, the my ability to actually eat food uh, returned a few days ago, and mm. I made myself a delightful lamb dish from scratch. Mm. Good time. It was with Beaujolais, which is my favorite red wine, uh-huh. and cranberries and multicolored baby carrots and some herbs from my garden. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw. Amazing. I'm pretty sure I saw a blue sky post at some point over the weekend where you were you were kind of um you were you were wine drinking and you were saying I got a like I don't know it was something like I got a wine buzz going or something something that oh, I, I forget so, the exact verb. So Dan Dan was asking if I was going to be if I was streaming. I'm like no, I'm streaming at eight thirty right now. It's drunk thirty. Ah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> it's drunk yeah. thirty. That's it. <laughs> it's drunk thirty. All right and. And it, it, you know, the wine was good, and I have zero regrets. Oh yes, as as, as I, long as you're drinking responsibly, you shouldn't have any regrets, and I know you do. No red wine headaches when it's a good red wine. <laughs> I am. All right. Well, also say hello. I'm uh, enthusiastic to welcome back this week, uh, Loki. How are you doing, Loki? I'm doing good. All right. You were off last week because the kiddo's birthday. DJ Rama yeah. S was here. Uh, not that you could ever be replaced, but Rama did a great job in your absence, especially when he ended up having to do a two chair show with me for half the show. Uh, no. So big thanks to our pal Rama for being here last week. But it's fantastic to have you back. Um, and uh, how was the kiddo's birthday? Did you? I know sometimes yeah. you do like golf land or like some of these things that we used to do in the past. Uh, yeah. Uh, when he we didn't really want to do anything like that because mm-hmm. um, we, we offered to like, you know, do like a birthday party with his friends and stuff. But he just wanted to go eat the Olive Garden. And then um, we also uh, hung out with a man uh, with taste, a little young man with yeah, taste. <laughs> he likes the breadsticks. You know, Who fucking say. doesn't? I mean, you know, it's so so we did that. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's got his usual gifts that he asked for. Uh, it's kind of interesting. So yeah, he 
does all the Robux stuff, so usually gets a lot of Robux. Um, I think he got some Steam cards, and um, my wife got him some fidget, like, stress balls is what he wanted. So he has, like, 30 of those now. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it, is it, is I, this I don't your younger? I need one the yes. size of my cubicle, please. <laughs> I actually, actually, legit, I love those little stress pop things. But funny enough, I don't have one. But I'll be sitting there in a Target. And, like, I don't know about you all, but, like, I have this really weird ritual when we go to Target is that we always go look at the video game section. Even when we're, like, we're not going to buy anything. And, like, I know – I have this fucking podcast. I know what games are coming out. Well, we, we still – we always go look. Alan and I have to look. and We walk up and down the aisles. But lately, it's well. Number one, those aisles have been getting smaller and smaller, which is kind of depressing. Yeah, they, um, they've mm-hmm. like it's weird. They like at first, I thought they removed all of their video games, but they just removed the cover art for their video games, and they have it like still locked up. But there's like hardly any physical media there um, right now. It's it's they they have it there, but it's like kind of you, you have to like really peer in the case. To see what's actually there, it's it's yeah. kind of weird. Um, I'm not sure what that's all about. If it's just that they're not giving them good margins anymore, and so it's like, well, we're just not going to carry this. But the, um, the reason I brought it up is that last time we were there, we floated to the video game section, and then like across from that or behind it, they have like the pop culture stuff, like all the pop vinyls yeah. and that you know the horror dolls and all that stuff. But they had a little pop thing, and I just started sitting there going pop 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 pop, and like literally, I'm I'm in my own little world, and then Alan is like. Where did you go? Like I, I, I started walking down the aisles looking. I'm gonna get here. you one the size of your head. <laughs> uh, yes, please. You still need. I'd love I still it. need to give you your presence too, because I actually found something else to add to it. Now I have to find where I put it. Oh, nice. Love it. Um, actually, speaking it's of Target, though, PJ Maxx. You no. Know. The other reason to look at Target is that they do have random ass video game knickknacks. Sometimes I'm sure this is true of any department store, but like the baby arcade one up Miss Pac Man that sits behind me on the stream where we tape live, as we do tape live every Sunday night at the Voice Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash VOG Network, nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Pacific, right after the Bobby Blackwell show, and you can see things behind me like my little baby arcade one up Miss Pac Man machine. Oops, sorry, that I got from Target. Uh, so they get random ass knickknacks sometimes that are pretty cool, believe it or not. So anyway, so Loki, you weren't here last week, but I see I see this whole uh, Pal World stuff has obviously made its way to your house with because I can see it in the background there. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you gotten on the Pal World bandwagon or are you? No, still I, haven't. Of, oh, I haven't okay. played it yet. It's yeah. um, it's it, something it looks we'll interesting. Talk, we'll be talking about it later. It's uh, it's interesting how huge that game keeps getting and how huge the target is getting as a result <laughs> speaking of targets but in a different way so we'll talk yeah. we'll talk all about that a little bit but first we're going to start off tonight with some news um that uh, isn't fun this is this is the this is the crappiest part of talking about the news every week because this is a story that won't go away and it's getting really really um hard like it's it's been hard every time but it's like it's it's right it's not stopping it's It's getting worse i don't think it's unexpected though like honestly i mean because so the story we have of course is activision blizzard have um or microsoft with their purchase of activision blizzard have laid off nearly two thousand um jobs across you know activision blizzard 
uh, ZeniMax, uh, Xboxes and stuff. And of course, it has to do, I, mean, I assume, it has to do with redundancy. When you're acquiring large companies like that, you're going to have redundancy across a lot of different departments, like your HR, your legal, uh, you know, could be marketing teams, who knows. But there's a lot of that stuff. They said that represents uh, roughly 8.6% of the gaming workforce they said um and it you know obviously you know they said it's a painful decision but you know they're providing them support during their transition and stuff like that i just think that's something though we see though with these acquisitions that there are gonna they're they're never gonna keep everybody it's there are gonna be layoffs it, it does suck when we're talking about like large companies like this, where yeah. those small percentages, I mean, 8.6 is still not a small percentage, but um, it's still a lot of people that are impacted by that. I, I will point out because it is important to point out because this isn't always the case, but it does appear, you know, if, if things on social media appear to be true, which they aren't always, but in this case, um, I'm willing to believe it, uh, that we're talking all levels of folks were affected. So this isn't just the hardworking, you know, entry level QA customer service. We're talking VPs were involved with this as well. So there is that because sometimes it feels like the the highest end is not getting affected the same way, you know, and so forth. Um, not that that makes this news any easier to report on. Um and yeah, I, I mean, and certainly some folks have, have made some very pointed things about, well, those of you that were rooting for the Activision Blizzard Microsoft merger to happen must be feeling some sort of way about this. And I kind of like the number one girl, fuck you, sit down. Like, I don't I don't like don't, don't come at me with that attitude. I don't wish for this type of thing. Like what Loki is saying with the um, redundancies and stuff. Yes, that is a very unfortunate sort of side effect to this. But Again, to get rid of the toxicity of Bobby Kotick, it's one of those things where I I I don't I fear it would have been worse had his stank been allowed to stay on the industry. Yes. But I, I wanna, kind of have the Yeah, I was gonna say I want a feeling Oh, I'm go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. Well, it feels to me like cutting out a cancer and taking some healthy tissue with it. Mm, um mm. but I do feel bad for the the people who are affected by this, mm-hmm. but I hope that most of those executives that went that went as well were his cronies. Mm. But now, Dark Soccer, you have an interesting follow up here too because we're not actually just because this actually does go deeper than redundancies, which I think is important to point out. And I noticed in our chat, of course, folks are talking about this over twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. As um, G100 Matt says, redundancy, but also it hit a lot of studios, projects, teams. Yes, Dark Soccer, you have an example of this, right? Yeah, um, there was a uh, a team that was working on uh, an unannounced survival game. Um, they had been developing it over the last six years before the pandemic occurred. Um, it was announced in 2022 without a name, um, no trailer, um, but it would have been their first new IP since Overwatch, which last uh, launched in May of 2016. It had some beautiful concept art to it. It looks sort of like a sort of like one scene on here looks like people are in the real world and they're riding a bike on a nature trail and suddenly they find a portal to this magic world and then you're in the magic world. So, I mean, that would have looked cool, but I mean, 
it's it's still um you know i i think of how i would feel if i had spent six months six years of my life working on something and then go huh nope so i mean it's not it's not unexpected but at the same time you know uh, I don't know. I don't know if they might even do something with those assets or if it's just gone. Or I mean, a lot of times, though, we will find games that were uh, canceled and then converted into another project. So who knows? Which you're literally speaking of Overwatch was once upon a time Project Titan, which was supposed to be some type of MMO successor, but it it kind of touched a lot of different things. And I'm I'm really being generous with cutting corners here but i'm just going to say like essentially the pvp element of that mmo ended up being overwatch and some of the classes were kind of reformed as personalities like tracer i think was originally just like a dasher or something like a class and so they they, you know they reformed that but essentially long story short titan evolved into overwatch or what about them's fighting herds which was my little pony game originally Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah yeah um it's cute and but but the weird thing is, see, unlike Titan, I, I I worry if this one is going to see the light of day because I feel like with Titan, I don't, and I'd have to go way back. I don't remember hearing of layoffs of this size when that axe fell on that project. I feel like those folks were, you know, some went to Hearthstone, some went to WoW, so, you know, they were kind of spread out a little bit. And I could be wrong. Again, this is something. I mean. Overwatch didn't come out to 2016, as Jamie said. So Titan was canceled like 2013, 2014, somewhere there. It's been a long time. So my memory is not great. But, you know, I, I, I worry if this one's ever going to see the light of day. And what's weird to me, I mean, why? It's because I, Blizzard is really good at taking like the must-have genre of the moment and making it like a very easy pill to swallow for a mass audience. That's what they did with EverQuest and World of Warcraft. That's what they did with Team Fortress and Overwatch 2. That's what they did with Dota 2 and League of Legends and Heroes of the Storm. That's what they did. I mean, the list goes on and on. Just about all of their games have been really hot genres that have been extremely accessible to people that otherwise are probably not fans of that genre. So it is wild to me. And I understand, I don't know all the inner workings of this project or Blizzard, and there's just some fucking questions I'm not going to get to know the answer to. And we're just like, it's, it's just like, whose lipstick did BB have in that episode of All Stars 3? She's never going to tell. Some questions are never going to be answered, and this is one of them. And it, it, it's rough, but it's so wild to me that a survival game gets canceled the same week that a survival game is the literal lightning rod of the entire fucking industry and shattering the records that we see. No, we have this game. It was like Pokemon with guns, but uh, uh, someone beat us to it. <laughs> and it's very clear from the concept art. It was nothing like that, to be clear. But it, it is still wild to me. Now, and I know, I know that obviously a, a decision like this was weeks in the, and nobody could have called that Power World is not. I get it. I get all that. You don't have to correct me on that. But the optics are still so wild to me that that game gets canceled. 
but I'm hearing that there might have been difficulties with an internal engine that they were writing for that. I wonder if we're going to find out quite a bit about this game because unlike with Titan, I think you're going to have some bitter Bettys and bitter Bills and bitter B names here that are going bitter Bobs that are going to want to talk about what happened and what it was all about. So, um, stay tuned, I guess we could see some interesting stuff in the next week about what this game was all about and, and why they maybe pulled it. So I thought it was engine issues. That's what I was seeing in the blogs. Yeah. But it's, it's also hard because like that's, that is one take that's being amplified and it's like the one thing we have right now. So maybe, but there's probably a lot of other stories too. Um, let's see, uh, other comments in chat. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, uh, Sorry, somebody had said, ah, E3VL said, Microsoft probably saw the game and thought it was similar to Redfall and didn't want to make the same mistake. Hmm. Um, eh, probably not. I wouldn't say that, but it could be, I, I don't know. It could be something that they've spent like X number amount of time working on production and they're not far enough into development to sink more money into it i guess mm-hmm. like it sounds like they were saying they were prototyping unreal they were trying to switch to uh, synapse but you know they had a lot of time already invested into it and perhaps you know not wanting to make another duke nukem forever if you will like you know maybe it's just like now nah, we're just gonna cut our losses on this and go to the next thing um uh, Kaji Shuto Art in chat says, I said this earlier, but it brings up how much it hurts the people working on these. That's six years of your life. Will they maybe in the future be able to go to another company for them to pick it up so all that work isn't fully lost? Unfortunately, probably not. Like the closest that could happen is that they could go to another company and use that expertise to work on a similar game. But as far as like the art that they did, the programming they did, the code that they did, that all belongs to Microsoft now. Um, and you know, for, for potentially something else to come of it, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it won't, but who knows, we could get an overwatch style thing that comes out of this. I just, I just don't know. It's hard to say at this point. However, and this is just one of those hmm type of things I was thinking about because I have said on the show, and there's been some very pointed comments on this stuff on social media. I want to be very clear. I have said on the show that oftentimes from these fires of these layoffs comes the phoenix that rises from the ashes, the indie games and the indie studios and you know people that are put out that go on to create their own thing and, and find success on their own terms. But when I've said that, I have always said, those that have the means to do so. Not everybody has the means to do so. And there's a very, you know, there's a very pointed tweet from somebody affected out there right now that says something to the effect of, you can't just go and start up your own indie studio. It's not that easy. Yeah, yeah, I get all that. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, you know, hopefully there, for those that can do that, there are still some flowers to grow from this whole situation. Interestingly enough, I don't know how many of y'all remember, but do you remember that... um uh, there were some executives, Jen O'Neill and Jay Allen Brack, who were both formerly with Blizzard. They formed their own studio with a third person. I'm sorry, I forget what the third person was. Not that long ago. So to kind of the full circle answer to the question, I don't know what this studio is working on. I don't know if they're doing an MMO, an action game, what it could be anything, right? If they're working on a survival game, 
these would be prime candidates to pick up and place on a game like that if that new company has the means to do so, which it might not. I mean, without a product yet, they probably don't, you know, they only have investors and may not have all of that type of income and that sort of thing. So but that's that's where you sort of hope to see it happen is, ironically, a lot of these executives that have gone to form their own studio. Um, same thing happened with Chris Smetson, but then he ended up coming back to Blizzard. Uh, but I don't know whatever happened to that studio that he formed and the thing that he was working on at some point. So there was that. Thank you, DJ Rama S. That was Frost Giant Studios. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, Bobby Blackwolf says, there's an indie dev I've been talking to here who has been working on his game for seven years. And I asked him, at one point, do you give up on it and move on to something more feasible? Well, well I mean, <laughs> it, it's a sunk cost fallacy at that point. You know, it's basically you've invested so much time into it now. You can't quit because you've invested all that time into it. Yeah. Like, I, I understand that. It, it also depends on how far along you are. Like, I spent years trying to get a general understanding of like unity and um making games which by the way great great segue real quick uh my oldest son who's been doing programming for god years now um finally hit the belt because they have like different belt levels in the the coding school company it's not really school it's like a business anyways it's, it's called code ninjas isn't it? Coding oh, camp. Code, code ninjas it's like a coding camp thing it's like it, they have different like tiers so he's up to now purple belt and he started unity so he's very excited to get get started on that so it's like i'm glad he stuck with it for so long through multiple yeah. languages now so he's got was uh lua lua javascript and they had like the um was it the just the regular uh scripting blocks type language uh, mm -hmm. at one point they need but... to they need to get him on python because that's where a lot it is a lot of it is right now uh yeah i don't know unity i'm kind of like well python's I mean, easy yeah python's not hard either um yeah i don't know it's as a teenager the... let him do what he wants that's fun to him because that's exciting that he's even sticking with it at all Honestly. Exactly. And and in a lot of that like he'll figure with, some of this other stuff out himself. Yeah. With other languages, like it's it's all syntax for a lot of it anyway. So once you understand the fundamentals and you've done it enough times in different languages, you just start recognizing it's easier to learn another language once you oh have my God. a couple of I just said teenager because he's turning thirteen this year, isn't he? He's already thirteen. Oh he's my turning fourteen God. this year. Undone. Done. Oh my God. <laughs> Where does time go? The youngest just turned but, 10, so, you know. Uh, well, Julian's, what, 16 now? I have to ask. I, forgot. I know. I think, he, I think Julian's older than that. I hate to say it. By the way, that Julian was on this Becky. show. I forgot how old your child is. <laughs> Julian was on this show pre-pandemic as like a 12-year-old playing, what was he? Was he playing Minecraft or one of those puzzle games or something. I don't know, but he was given his review on or Pirates something. Pirates 101. And so like, it's wild to me to think that like Julian's like fucking an adult now, pretty much. He was playing Pirate 101. That's what it was. Pirate 101. Oh my God. <laughs> we need to get him back on the show. It's like, so it's probably that like, point, you know, with your, it's probably that point. What's in his like life having facial hair now, Julian? <laughs> it's probably that point in his life where he's embarrassed to talk to 40 year olds. <laughs> On their I mean, show. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, a little bit. Like, I don't know. Like, some of um, my son's friends watch my YouTube channel, but that's because they're into the, some of them are into Minecraft. In fact, actually, 
um he got back into minecraft with his friends because one of his friend actually is a mod developer for minecraft so he he is his kind of claim to fame is making a really uh involved witherstorm mod uh which is from like it's it's a monster boss like monster thing from minecraft uh it was the oh telltale one uh, minecraft story mode so they now bring that into actual Minecraft. It's like, it's like a multi-phase boss and stuff, and it's like really huge. But he helped code all that stuff, so mm. they've been like playing that quite a bit and just playing survival multiplayer. Which I'm like, yes, you're back into it now. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> wow, 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 wow. All right. Well, anyhow, we're getting off track. What else is new? But um, I did, you know, just want to say that really is uh, unfortunate for uh, Microsoft. Uh, and Blizzard and the folks there. Um, I should point out, I don't know if you want to kind of get the rest of this, Loki. It wasn't yeah. just Blizzard affected this week either. Right. It was also, you know, the Call of Duty companies because there are so many of them. Um, but yeah, basically that, you know, Sledgehammer Games, um, Raven Software, Infinity Ward, all impacted by these layoffs as well. Um, Treyarch, um high moon studios god there's so many studios working on call of duty uh maybe they're just cutting down on the number of studios they have working on call of duty because that's a lot but yeah it's it's across the board like it's i think we kind of established that in the beginning that it's not just you know these new companies it's also microsoft themselves it's it's across the board just a reduction of staff because i think it's redundancy certainly some of it could be just you know to pad the numbers for your financial year whatever the case may be but you i'm thinking with a large acquisition like this with two large companies coming together it's got to be redundancies for a lot of it mm-hmm. for right now until later on in the year and we'll see how performance goes and then more layoffs i'm sure well, even this week, it wasn't just Microsoft either, because yep. by the time this news came out, it, I feel like almost everybody's already forgotten. Just earlier this week, there was another big gaming company layoff that had happened as well that we yep. need to acknowledge. R- Riot Games laid off 11% of their workforce, so 530 uh, employees were laid off as well. And yeah, basically uh, that they're trying to help them transition to their new jobs but yeah that's it's still it's across the industry and i think it was even said that already we are what like not even a full month into the year and we're almost approaching half of the layoff numbers of 2023 so it's not great It's hard to kind of go like, well, what happened? And I guess a lot of people are kind of pointing at like COVID and how this industry really exploded. How many years though outside of COVID? Like, I mean, it's been years now. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm starting to less believe the COVID thing. It's more of like, I don't know what it would really be. I think maybe it could possibly be COVID in the sense that there were a lot more people playing games and engaging with online games and stuff like that and maybe profits were a bit higher because of that stay-at-home order type thing yeah. and now the things games have the service tried... were more attractive when they were stay-at-home exactly so yeah. and now now that people are both not just staying at home they're going out and doing things but on top of that you know the 
economy as a whole is kind of on the downturn. And so people are being a little bit more conservative with the money that they're spending on these services. And as such, they are not hitting their impossibly <laughs> optimistic goals of making a profit every year and a great enough profit for their shareholders. And so it's maybe that's how it's coming into play. But I, I certainly wouldn't believe that it's like, oh, well, Man, COVID put us behind schedule. Okay, well, that was years ago at this point. Like, come on. It you can't be, like, impacted five years out from COVID or whatever, you know, however long this is going to last. And I, I just don't see that as, as realistic. I could believe, though, the not hitting expectations because those expectations were skewed based off of the, you know, stay-at-home orders that yeah, were going I around. Think it's, I would say, pin it more on the second half of what you're saying there. Um, SG100 Matt in chat over twitch.tv slash VOG Network says, It was sad to see that Blizz customer service was gutted. Every, every dealing I've had with their customer service has been A, and apparently those positions are being outsourced elsewhere, which is a shame. Yeah, it's probably going to fall in line with Microsoft's customer service, which I don't know. I haven't had to deal with them a lot, but um, I think it's pretty well known fact. A lot of that is offshored uh, to save on money. And I'm just, when it comes to customer service, you and this is somebody who worked in customer service for a very long time. I don't anymore, so I feel like I can just kind of say this very openly. When it comes to things like that, you get what you pay for. And I think with World of Warcraft and the fact that that game really needs its fans more than ever, like the people that have really held on to World of Warcraft all this time throughout the controversy and throughout everything else. I mean, granted, Dragonflight overall was a better expansion than kind of where the game was at coming into it. Um, but I just feel like like if a lot of people get poor customer service in World of Warcraft or the quality of the game and the social community and all that goes downhill, like this is the decision you're going to have to blame for that. And I... I I'm not sure this is the smartest business decision. And granted, I don't know how this it directly impacts like the GM system or World of Warcraft. So maybe I'm I'm making it up in my head, which I'm fully willing to admit. But you got to be really careful outsourcing customer service jobs because you're going to get exactly what you pay for. And you're trying to sell this 10 year commitment to WoW with this new storyline and the the next three expansions and all this stuff. That's a slippery slope, folks. I hope I hope this was not. I I hope there was a little more inf information going into this decision than it sure seems like it. Yeah, and SJ One Hundred Map just points out the parts that are cruel, saying they drag these employees back to the office from remote. Many of them having to move across the country only to let them go months later. And you kind of sit here and go, there ought to be fucking, yeah, that's there ought to be pretty fucking lame. laws against that. There ought to be fucking laws against that. Straight up. And I realized that, you know, again, the push towards unionization and stuff might help with some of that. Now, whether folks were unionized or not, like this was going to they, they can they can do this. Uh, they have to give certain types of notices and things like that with with union involvement. But, you know, the, the fact if they were unionized or not would not necessarily impact this decision at the end of the day. It just might have impacted how it played out. Um but uh, like this type of shit where they're uprooting people, moving them and all that, that it, it ought to be illegal. Or there ought to be some type of, you know, penalty to the company that does it to make it a lot less attractive of an option, like a tax penalty or lack of tax write-off penalty to the companies that do this. So anyway, 
what do I know? I just have a podcast, not a gaming company. But I play a lot of games, and so do we. So let's talk about our gaming weeks and the types of video games that we have been playing this week. And then we'll get into some other news. So Dark Sakura, how was your gaming week? Mine's pretty lengthy, actually. Mostly because I was testing out games, uh, uh, translations of them in different things. Um, and then I bought, uh, I bought Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Um, I haven't started it yet, but I wanted to play because it's open world and I love that universe. Um, I played X-Men Arcade at work. Bam. And you know who else was there playing it at work? Drew. Oh, so, our old friend. Because we're coworkers. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, I played some more uh, Dracula X Nocturne in the Moonlight for uh, Sega Saturn. I played some R-Type uh, for the Master System. I played Strider 2, Captain Commando, also in that same arcade one up. Um, Summer Carnival 92 Rekka, because I found an English patch. Uh, patch to make myself cry. And then, of course, my usual streaming stuff. Uh, which I'm getting pretty far in that game. I think I'm on, like, day 12 on the third scenario. Um, I've been playing some Baldur's Gate 3. I started over on that one, uh, playing, uh, Genshin Impact. Um, the game I didn't think I would like and now super like. And, of course, uh, Cult of the Lamb, although I think my Friday Cult of the Lamb night is going to become a Genshin night. Just saying. I blame, I blame Orange Right. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Orange Right. I blame you. Not really. I blame them paying me. You, you know what I made on that um, sponsored uh, sponsorship from them? Mm. Ten bucks. You know why? Why? Because um, people who were doing me the favor to make the account already had accounts and it tracks IP. Uh, so so it wouldn't have mattered if I did oopsie ten bucks on a stream ain't bad to be honest I, well, it's, it's a <laughs> I don't make that much a good place. well I, and right now I actually am super happy because I have enough to pay for my TwitchCon ticket when it comes up and the party mm -hmm. Um, just off of my I mean I'm not gonna it, it, I could get more than that but this just off of my stream uh, my Twitch takes so I've been very, very pleased. You know, I, I'm not going to say it's going to pay all my bills, but your the support of people have been really great, and it that has allowed me to expand some stuff that I can do for Orange Lounge too. Great, like the uh, new intro I'm working on. Um, are you speaking of which? Since you brought up TwitchCon, I think we should uh, probably let our listeners know a few things here. So, Dark Soccer, of course, you're going to TwitchCon again. That probably won't surprise anybody, right? Heck yeah. Yep. Loki, yep. what do you think? You want to go to TwitchCon this year? Yeah, sure. Let's I'll I'll gonna go to TwitchCon. Yeah. So you are going you have not been to it. When was the last time you went to a convention? Uh it was two thousand nine. E three. So you have not been to a convention since two thousand nine, but what yeah, I'm getting I at mean, is here. You are been to like Sacramento the game thing anime? not not second anime it's like the, oh, the, the indie developer collective the game which thing. is nice it's a yeah. cute but but i think we know the difference between a local day show yeah. and a, you know a, a mega con that you know gets talked about nationwide so no um, I, i've already got my my hotel booked for so TwitchCon. you are going to twitchcon 2024 and here's yes. here's the interesting thing um I am on the fence right now, and a big part of the reason why, and if I go, it's going to be a last-minute kind of decision. A big part of the reason why is that um, 
it's two weeks after Dragon Con. They no, that's understandable. The, they changed the timing, and it's two weeks after Dragon Con, which um, Alan and I take an entire week off work to make happen. Now, granted, there's the Labor Day holiday in there, but Dragon Con itself goes Thursday. Yes, Thursday is the official day. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Like the con itself is five days. I'm and with the flights and everything, we stay an extra day to catch up with Bobby and and friends in the area, and so we can like you know go to the the wrap up that the digital media track usually does and stuff. Like like we end up out there for an entire week, um, which is great. And that's that's always going to be my number one priority in the convention world. Like that's just like I've gone to over ten Dragon Cons now. I think this is actually going to be my eleventh in person this year. That's always going to take precedence. So it's very tricky that TwitchCon is two weeks later because that makes trying to navigate my day job and my responsibilities there a little trickier. I will. Yeah. They're usually early October. Yeah. And they moved to mid September and that makes it a lot harder for me. Now I'm not saying no, because I might, it's, I will say that, you know, again, I don't, I have a policy about not really getting into my day job here on this show, especially because I found out I have coworkers that listen, by the way, hi, you know who you are. (laughs) But in all in all seriousness, I, I never talked about it. Co-workers, anyway. I'll tell you a few things. <laughs> um I'm kidding. I, I warned him. I said, I use the F word on that show, you know. It's not not that's a side of me you don't see during the day. But anyway, anyway. Um Ooh. it probably like I could probably do a Friday because Fridays tend to be a little lighter. I'm not gonna get into the specifics. Fridays tend to be a little lighter. So I can probably take a Friday and like get fly down there Thursday night, literally fly and like come back Sunday. I might be able to swing that, but I also kind of don't want to do it unless Alan can do it because he's actually more into Twitch than I am. Ironically. Um, Yeah. That's the thing is like, I'm not like, I don't stream much on Twitch. I would like to stream more on Twitch, but you know, there's a thing called time and the limited amount of it that's in a day uh uh, that, that doesn't really work out for me, but yeah, I just want to go there to see the Hermitcraft people. Like, it's a completely selfish need of mine. But, uh, you know, it, it, that and, like, other people that are, you know, streamers and stuff that I uh, play with and whatnot. Um, I I don't even know what TwitchCon is. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do there for all of the... I, I'm leaving. I'm coming in Thursday, leaving Monday. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I it's, one of the it's, things that I like to do minute. at TwitchCon is look at like the new equipment that is coming out for streaming and music I mean, mixing yeah. and things like that. I mean, there's some good stuff that could be fun. Like I don't know, and you know, and certainly I would like to meet up with people and try to network, even though every part of my body doesn't want to do that but like i know i need to <laughs> um it's you know it's that whole introvert you know forcing myself out there and type of thing um but yeah i, I think it'd be fun to like get to hang out with some of these people uh, hopefully can do that you um time. you have a good time yeah um it's i'm gonna say though if, if there ends up being a gdq express thing at twitch and bobby ends up going there too. So he's got the same dragon con problem I do, but maybe not the, the travel issue so much. So if he ends up there too, then it's going to be, it's going to get harder and harder. But I, you know, obviously if my day job is like, no, it's, you know, it, or I just feel like it's going to be too difficult to navigate, then no, I'm not going to do it. But I will say this, I will say this. If for the first time ever I get a panel at TwitchCon, if I can do a panel at TwitchCon, I'll, I'll just fucking make it happen. Like, I'll just, I'm going to make it work. 
Like I have to, because at that point it's like, okay, if I, if I've got that type of thing at TwitchCon, I'll make it happen. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just put that out there into the universe. If I can get a panel at TwitchCon, I will just, I'll drive down Friday after work and just not sleep to do a panel at TwitchCon. Okay. If I have to, like that is, that is what I'll do. <laughs> All right. Well, I still, I'm still looking at getting folks for an Airbnb. Um, you know, I, like, I, I think it would be great. I did that the first year I went and honestly enough, it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, uh, we had five of us staying in the Airbnb. Someone, you know, slept on the cot in the front room. So it ended up being pretty, pretty, uh, affordable. Was that the, was that the one with intoxicator or he had to rebrand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, he's, he's back to intoxicated. That was a temporary thing. Oh, good. I'm glad they got it back. That's great. Okay. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, we, we got on a Twitch content, but I thought, I thought the listeners ought to know maybe for their own planning that, um, interesting things are afoot this year. And it looks like Loki may have the capacity to do conventions again. I, I just wanted to, like, I saw it happen and it was a very impulse thing of mine where I was like, I just want to go somewhere and do that like so i i was able to book it uh my wife may come with me to not go to TwitchCon, but to like go do other things well, just, while she it, wants to like meet up with a friend like hopefully get a friend to come down to to my old roommate stuff. johnny's in san diego johnny would love to see her i'm sure so and uh there's it's there's a lot to do in san diego like san diego is a great, well, yeah, great yeah. place so yeah you have a good time all right. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, let's let's move on. Uh, we'll we'll let you know con developments as we come across them. In the meantime, let's get into uh, the gaming news of the week. And oh, I'm about my gaming week. Oh no, that's right. We didn't even do <laughs> our. Game I'm sorry. Weeks. You're right. I didn't do mine either. Sorry, we got derailed from Dark Soccer's week. I didn't even check if Dark Soccer finished. Did you finish Dark Soccer? Um. Yeah. Okay. Then Loki, your gaming week. Uh, I did Minecraft stuff as usual. Uh, editing, put out an episode today that I've been uh, procrastinating on for a while, uh, mainly because I've been working hard in Fever Dream 2, which is wrapping up on Tuesday, I think, uh, at the end of the month. So I need to film the last bits of that. But I had a total of three, no, four builds that I did on that server. Um, each were over 25,000 blocks. Uh, the largest being 75,000. And uh, yeah, I'm going to edit it in a way to be the most obnoxious YouTuber possible. So basically the whole premise is it's a fever dream. It's a nightmare, sort of. And so the content is basically the complete 180 of what I normally make. And it's going to be ridiculous. And it's all meme builds. It's all memes. Fun. And every and everybody on the server loved it because they're like, "Oh, that's horrible!" But I also love it. <laughs> so nice. look for that soon. And 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 uh, I am testing merch right now. So merch coming very soon. I got my artwork commissioned from uh, Caracato, uh, who redrew and he's a great Mega Man fan artist and he redrew all of my robot masters and my player character in a Mega Man, like a classic Mega Man style. It's 
so fucking good. It's just so good. And so I'm making t-shirts out of that because I, I need to have I have I need to have two of them because I already ordered two. But if they come back quality good, then I will link everybody to the store and we'll put more stuff on there and you know. It's re- really I just want a t-shirt. I'm not looking to make any money off this stuff. It's really just I just want that artwork on a t-shirt because you need something to wear to TwitchCon. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly my thought. That was exactly my thought process. So All right. Yeah. We need some new Vogue stuff, so I have something to wear at Dragon Con. I'm at my old Vogue stuff. I still, well, I, still, uh, I love yeah. that baseball. I love, I love if, that baseball if, uh, if this site ends up working out, because it was easy to set up, and they have a lot of options as far as the different types of things you could get printed, and also the different, like, like it's not just, like, t-shirt. It's many, 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 many types of, like, things. You All can the crap. pretty much... Yeah, all the crap. So you can you can really customize what you want to do, and setup was like free. So like, if this does work out, I'll point you in that direction, and I all think right. it may work out pretty good. Great. All right. Uh, well, if that's it for your game of the week, I'll make mine quick since I was eager to jump ahead. Um, pretty much a lot of the same stuff I've been talking about. Final Fantasy fourteen. A good friend of mine, IRL, started playing, so it's been kind of fun revisiting like the old content again because I'm trying to help him through. But actually, he's been kind of doing a lot of it on his own because you can do it all with NPCs now. You don't have to wait to group up for all the. Dungeons. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So um, he's he's already almost like to the end of base realm reborn. He's only been playing for like a week, so um, it's pretty cool um so i've been playing a lot of that and then uh diablo 4 the latest season season 3 started and um i i hate to say this but like you know especially in lieu of some previous things we were talking about and some of the negative stuff with blizzard but like i i'm gonna keep it real and i'm not gonna sugarcoat things the season in diablo 4 is not in a good place and it's um it's not particularly fun the twist is um it's it's not good I uh, I don't know why it was felt that in a game where it's all about mow down the enemies as fast as you can, watch the numbers fly, explosions everywhere, why it was felt that a good mechanic would be, let's have rooms full of traps to slow you down. And so you have to do platforming and try to like get all the mobs to get you what it's just. I don't know how they fix it. That's the problem. It's a fundamentally broken concept. But to Blizzard's credit, they are quickly trying to fix it. Uh, for example, and I think this is the most ridiculous of all the things they've done in the season, is that you have this thing where like, you put a pearl in the altar before you start the dungeon. And if you can, it counts down. Every time you get hit, hit by a trap, three, two, one, the treasure disappears at the end or or half the treasure disappears at the end or something like that. So you can get hit with a trap three times. That's it. I was able to do that in five seconds when I ran it. Now Blizzard has already patched it. So now it counts down from 10 instead of three. And it's like a one and a half second gap from getting hit before you can get hit again. So I will give Blizzard props. They are trying to address it pretty quickly and they are monitoring player feedback. So props for that. But I just think the concept at its core was not thought through the way it maybe should have been. Sorry. Um, it's it's the weakest season compared to one and two, quite frankly. Um, and that's my opinion. But I'll still... I'm I'm still playing it because... I love Diablo and I need the cosmetics and I'm a consumer whore. Yay. All right. (laughs) And how? All right. Now we're going to move on into, uh, oh, Questbuster says the drama around the issues with season three have kept me from trying it so far. 
Also, Infinite Wealth. Yes, yes, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth came out. Our pal Bobby talked at length about it on his show because y'all know he loves the Yakuza series, especially ever since he kind of started unofficially being the team up for that with games done quick. I mean, not nothing. It just seems like whenever there is a Yakuza game and the runner that runs that game, I feel like Bobby is always there for the last three years. So uh, there's a part, but I mean, you know, he just, I think genuinely likes the series and where it's gone. I like it too, but we all know the meme that I haven't finished the last game yet because I get distracted by all this other stuff. Um, so I, I do really feel like I need to go back and finish the last game. Yes, I do. I would love to do it, but as far as my priorities go, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is out at the end of the month, the day I get home from my cruise that I'm going on. So I've got about three weeks to replay Final Fantasy VII Remake on PlayStation 5, and that's kind of my my more immediate plan. And then, eh, at one of the- I was going to say you could watch the Neko-chan do it. Oh, are they streaming it? Yeah. Oh. And and this and for the same reasons in anticipation of uh of the new release. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Um yeah, I mean it's it's sometimes hard for me to follow the narrative game stuff on streams because if I miss anything then I'm like, I missed it. But um yeah, I mean sometimes I, I did watch uh Lappin play a little bit of it, but he only only the parts that I had already played. The gotcha. older game. Yeah. So yeah. All right, um, let's move into some gaming news. Now we can move ahead. And uh, Loki's going to start us off with the game that just, like, it's it's uh, it's not going away. And it's making nope. its mark on 2024. Um, yeah, so Pal World has been doing incredibly well. Just came out um, in early access Jan- uh, January 18th. And already has sold over seven million copies, and that was eight million. Was say, that number, yeah, it's eight out. million now. Yeah. I was gonna say that was as of a few days ago. Yeah. So uh, I can only imagine that. Yeah, eight million copies in six days. Um, so it's doing incredibly well. Uh, of course, you know, with all the attention on it, you know, there's been a lot of speculation, like. This game obviously is very inspired by Pokemon. Um, Was there some foul play in the sense that maybe some of the designs were stolen? Um, And of course, people being company tryhards or whatever, um, you know, kissing ass to all these different companies, which I don't know why you're doing that. Uh, decided to point out to the Pokemon company in case they weren't already aware that, hey, some of the stuff looks, you know, very similar to your Pokemon. Maybe you should take a look at that. And so, of course, they put out a statement, the Pokemon company, saying, we've received many inquiries regarding another game's uh or another company's game released in January of this year. We have not granted any permission for the use of the Pokemon intellectual property or assets in that game. We intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to act, um, and basically look into any infringement that may be occurring. I don't know if there's any infringement. Certainly there's a lot of stuff that's inspired by it. And I know people were trying to come off and say like, Oh, well, some of these look like they're exactly the same as you know the models if you like resize them or whatever the case may be, but I don't know. It may be a hard um 
it's argument to make. You know, obviously we talked about this at length on the show a little bit last week and a little bit about the the AI misdirect. In my opinion, all the AI stuff is smoke and mirrors. None of that is relevant to the actual conversation because nobody yeah. has proven that AI is in this game. That's that. I mean, yes, the CEO made shitty statements, but all CEOs make shitty statements about AI right now. Every game has AI. It just depends on the nature of it. That's that, And that's right. And we talked about And you're right. You reminded me. We, we made that separation about AI art is the issue. AI as yeah. far as like mechanics, generation, when they talk about we're going to patch the AI in the game for the animals to be smarter. That's that's that. I don't yeah. think people generally have a problem with that AI. It's AI art. And art in all its forms, 3D modeling, writing, voice acting, you art. That's that's yes. where all of us are taking issue is AI. Again, all smoke and mirrors when it comes to Power World, as far as I'm concerned. None of and, that and exists I, in the game that we know. Yeah. So the and question, I think a, the AI question, art isn't even necessarily a bad thing per se. It's just AI art that's trained off of copyrighted works. Yes, which yes. is That's all of it. Yes, uh, AI, AI art generating the land in your own engine and all that. Stuff. Yes, you're right. Uh, that, like it, that's like an if, important clarification. It, it yeah. depends on what the machine has learned from. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, hypothetically, if someone were to actually create a AI art generative program that is based off of original artwork made by like specific artists, like in a company, even like I would it'd be still be kind of wary like say like let's just pretend that uh blizzard decided to create an ai art generative art program that was based off of their artwork well what happens when those artists leave the company and stuff like that's kind of a little funky but you could in a sense generate artwork that's not off of other people's copyrighted the, works which you know i know i will tell you this that when you work for a company any material that you present on the company's dime in yep. the company's facility on the company's material belongs to the company after yep. you've left the same That's goes it. with freelance work um you are not entitled to keep that except for terms of your own portfolio they your client owns the artwork that you make for them once they paid you for it yeah, people oh, don't no, like for to hear sure. that but that's yeah 100 that yeah yeah and, and i get that and it's more of like mimicking say their style or something like that um but whatever like right now that's not a scenario that's actually happened because i don't think anybody's using models that aren't trade on copyrighted material um but yeah so essentially they're going to look into it i think both companies are out of japan anyways so assuming that's the case it's more of a local uh type of mm -hmm. you know legal um, battle there uh japan does not have any fair use laws when it which comes to I, you know, that type which of thing. even even if that wasn't which yes 100 percent that but even if that wasn't the case a fair use is like the news and commentary it, it is not one profitable product in the exact right. same no, for sure. vein as the other so again another fucking social media invented smoke and mirrors bullshit is that whole fair use thing i'm sorry yeah here's here's what it is to me is that and I fully expected Nintendo to file the cease and desist this week. So I'm kind of surprised it didn't happen. Yes, I'm aware it happened with the mod that went on YouTube that was like literally Ash Ketchum and Pikachu in the like. Right. Yeah. yeah Nintendo shut that shit down immediately. But they didn't shut this down immediately. And that's interesting to me. And the fact that they put out this statement instead is really interesting because to me, that says that they are hearing this whole thing about is is the actual artwork potentially in the game? Like the actual fucking models, are they in the game? Because if so, that that's that's theft 
that's a, a theft of a different type. And that may be where they're going with it right now. Maybe. Yeah. Again, I, I'm well, left to make up shit. And one other important thing. Yeah. I know there is the, the Twitter account that examined all this stuff and all that. Here's the thing. Nintendo cannot say in a legal courtroom case, well, this Twitter person put out this video. No, they're going to have to pay their own forensic expert data stuff to go in figure it out, compare the files, compare the da-da-da-da-da-da, and they're going to have to figure out, are Pikachu and Jogglypoof, are they actually Pokemon? Or are they indeed their own created things that are heavily inspired by? Because that is going to dictate where Nintendo goes with the next steps. And that's that's why we're going to have to wait a little bit because we can't just say, oh, this guy on Twitter said they're the same, so therefore they're the same. No, they will have to have receipts emails timelines they've got to collect all of that stuff before they go to a courtroom in any country guarantee it that's what's being looked at right now yeah. and they've been and, aware and... of this game for a while now i would imagine because this isn't like something that just came out of the blue were you because i wasn't so, i remember so, the I mean, trailer for... no i remember the trailer for uh, it I was... yeah but i mean but again this whole like are the actual models in the game i don't think that would have shown from the trailer i i don't think they're even saying that the actual models are in the game i think what they're they're claiming is that basically they're saying that the pal world devs ripped the models from the pokemon games and then use that as a basis to create their 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 own models so basically okay hey i'm gonna take a pikachu out of here and then i'm gonna add some horns and do some things and change the texture but the the general body and proportions are based off of something else that's a little harder to prove i think but i mean they'll they'll do their best yeah well i i i linked something in chat that um i'll, I'll go ahead and tell um people where to find it um if you look up um uh fair use on uh, collegeart.org which is a resource i've used myself for my own artwork it goes into like a real world description on copyrighted material and, and legit fair use so um if the pokemon company decided to to have it out with them and i'm just thinking in terms of american copyright law and i'm not an attorney so blah blah whatever i'm not an attorney um uh the the company behind Pal World needs to be able to ex- uh, justify their objective in art and why they repurpose copyright art instead of creating their own work. And then um, it's they're not doing commentary on Pokemon. I mean, they might come in and try to claim parody. I don't know. Um, but they. Even if you are copying another company's work, you are still required to cite them as a source or either like label it in there, embed it, have it in the credits, um, unless there is a legitimate uh, aesthetic basis for not doing it. And even so, that's a very weak argument. So just want to throw that out there. You know, as as far as Power World goes itself, I pretty much feel the same way I, I do last week. Yes, I played the game last weekend. I actually haven't played it since. Um, and that's not, it's just because, again, I've been very clear. I have other gaming priorities right now. Like, and Power World is still in early access. 
And number one, it's not cross-platform between Steam and Xbox. That's a huge drawback for me. And I think there's just the game crashed on me a couple of times. I think there's still drawbacks of early access. I I, I feel like, and I said this last week, the game I'm going to play in six months, assuming it exists and isn't you know shot out of the sky by lawyers, um, which I I I kind of think it will exist. The question is how much are they maybe going to pay? But I feel like the game I'm going to play in six months not going to be the same game I played last weekend. Um, so it, I'm not going to touch it. And it's just, and I kind of, it goes back to this whole thing, like a game that is heavily inspired by as many genres as this game is, because again, th- this game isn't Pokemon at all to me. This is Ark with Pokemon instead of dinosaurs. That's what this game is. Um, but games that copy genres and stuff so explicitly are never as good as this one turned out which is wild. And that's what makes this so interesting to see from where a legal perspective this goes. But if Nintendo can bring the receipts and emails and all that, and if Nintendo proves what essentially this company's denying on social media is that, you know, they're saying we ran it by our lawyers. We know we're legally distinct da, 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 da. But if Nintendo brings receipts to the table that show our fucking files are in that game, this is going to be a very oh, that's raw. This this is probably going to be one of the most interesting cases in gaming ever, and I'm putting it up there with like Capcom versus Data East, and like uh, this this is going to be the biggest and those thing in college ever. students they hired. Yeah, I mean, again, I've been I've been that college student before, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say right now that's going to fuck over their careers uh, for life, and that's you know, and somebody else signed off on that. Or told, and, or told and, them and, how to and cut though, corners. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. As much as I understand being in their position, mm-hmm. I don't want to say, I mean, I think that it should definitely, if, if that ends up being the case, I think it should absolutely be used as a cautionary tale for all of these other people who are like, oh, I'll do artwork for your channel. And it's all, you know, stolen bits, you know, done with AI. Or, you know, I, I really, really think that if that ends up being the case, and, and I feel, I, I, you know, feel bad for, you know, a new artist having to put that on there. But at the same time, that precedent has gone around that, yeah, it's okay to, to take from this, that, and the other. You're fine. Go ahead and do it. Don't, don't worry about being too original, you know. It, 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 people aren't using their own creativity I think, and are looking for the fast answer. And that may be completely off base. Who knows? But I still think that that should be a, a cautionary tale. What I would like to see the industry do as a response to this and AI and, and all of it, honestly, is I would really like to see us lift up artists than the video game industry and um, recognize them and call them out and acknowledge them. I'm not saying we have to create a cult of celebrity around it. And I understand in the the day and age of social media, that may be a hard thing to avoid, but I feel like the more we can like feature artists and we do this in some places, like, you know, final fantasy art and, you know, character designs and stuff. I feel like the more we can kind of do that and recognize and uplift artists and so forth and, you know, make their names very meaningful that, Oh, this is a, this is a game that has such and such artwork in it. That's pretty cool. And again, there are some games where this does exist. I think the more we can kind of make that an industry standard, the more we can push back on a computer did it. It was 
control seed control veed from another product or things like that. I think I think buoying artists and really lifting up and acknowledging their value and spotlighting them and showcasing them, giving them awards where it's due and all that is 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 help. I think is is something we need to do as fans to push back on a lot of this. So absolutely, I mean it's the comic book industry. I mean, yeah, true, their main source is artwork, but still there's a lot of, you know, we have artists in that industry that we talk about years later, you know, um, you know, we, we still, we still pitch about Rob Liefeld to this day, you know, but I think that, that we need to, we absolutely need to do that. And in fact, I think there should just be like a dedicated award thing for excellence in video game art, mm-hmm. specific, you know, visual arts. And then, you know, uh, a music, you know, award given out for uh, for compositions, you know, with some of the same categories you might see at the Grammys, you know, best new artist uh, or, you know, best composition or, you know, things like that. Dijerama S in chat says, I find it amusing that people are calling this the Pokemon killer and people are playing this and demanding the game freak fix the Pokemon game issues and want them to suffer. Let's be real. There's, there's no Pokemon killer. And as long as the games sell, I doubt game freak will fix those issues. People have with the games. I'm going to, and I know this isn't you saying this Dijerama S. So when I am about to get on my soapbox and say this, I'm not saying this at you, but I'm saying this at all of the people, and I'm saying this at the media, and I'm saying this at the headlines and the clickbait that I am continuing to see about this game. This game is not fucking Pokemon. And if (laughs) I swear to fucking God, if you see an article that says this game is just Pokemon with guns, delete, unbookmark, go away, do not continue to patronize that website because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They are not bothering to play the games that they're commentating on, and they themselves are Control-C, Control-V-ing from other sources. They are guilty of the things that they are saying. This is not Pokemon with guns. I am sick and fucking tired of see- – that is fucking lazy to call this game Pokemon. You haven't fucking played it if you're calling this game Pokemon. There are no turn-based battles in this game, which is what Pokemon is. The real issue is semicolon, dramatic pause for effect. The real issue is this is a survival game with potentially, allegedly lifted, read stolen, Pokemon assets. That is the problem. This is a survival game with potential control C, control V Pokemon in it. That's the issue. You call this Pokemon with guns again? I hope to God a, a virus inflicts, inflicts your computer and uninstalls Steam for you. Hey, Rob. Yes. Baby Yoda. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> All right. It is. It is. But. <laughs> anyway. But I'm also willing to admit, I don't, I don't watch a Star Wars. <laughs> I'm not trying I'm not trying to profit off of clicks on articles talking about baby Yoda <clears throat> Grogu. So, anyway, all right. He was just called Baby Yoda <laughs> before we knew the name of the character and then afterwards the people call him Baby Yoda. Well, those are stupid people, but you know what? It's fine. Child. He had he had a, an official name in in canon at that point. He was just referred to as the child. 
Yeah, but that could be any child that's in that. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy the live listeners are eating. It was the child. I, I'm happy the live listeners are eating up my rant. I had to get that off my chest. I hope the podcasters enjoy that too. Tiger Claw says something here. I've got to respond to it though. It says they say that because of the imagery and taking it out of context. In one sentence, you have defined the entire problem with social media as it is today. Marinate on that. They took, they, I'm gonna read Tiger Claw's comment again. They say that because of the imagery, the picture, the headline, and taking it out of context. I don't know if Tiger Claw realizes in one sentence he has just summarized the entire fucking problem with Twitter.com. That, Rob, that that's not isolated to Twitter. No, it's not. No, it's that's not. That's everything. It's mostly Twitter. <laughs> but yes, no, it is. It's threads. It's Instagram. It's TikTok. It's all of it. It's all of it. It's humanity. People for millennia have looked for, well, I mean, are, think about, do you know what book titles were like maybe 200 years ago where there were like extra descriptions and they went on for four entire fucking lines? Mm-hmm. Now books have like a single word. It's it's nature to try to isolate things to the easiest and simplest description to make sh- to make it comprehensible. The That's mo- just human nature. And it's lazy. The, the most egregious but it is. example of this that everybody knows is movie posters and movie advertisements that take a review completely out of context. You know, um, this movie was visually beautiful, but what a hunk of steaming shit it was. They'll put the quote that says visually beautiful, said Time magazine on the movie poster, right? Like taking shit out of context to advance your own agenda. You're yeah, dark soccer, hundred percent co-signed. That's a tale as old as time. And social media is just our shining beacon example of that right now. But especially twitter.com just because of, because of, because of the owner of twitter.com who is the worst offender in this category. All right. Anyhow. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. Uh, Let's talk about um, what is happening with Overwatch 2's competitively. I had heard that the layoffs at Blizzard this week, you know, affected some people with Overwatch 2. And I hope, you know, I I hope they haven't um, scaled back on this game too much. Because I feel like I'm I'm enjoying playing Overwatch with friends when I do get in there and do it. You know, I'm not good at it. But, you know, we have fun. We laugh. And that's what it's all about. That's what video games are. I know some people take it a little more seriously and really enjoyed things like the Overwatch League uh, to give them something to root for and to better their game. Some people were watching a lot of football games today, and they'll be watching another one in two weeks. Some people like to watch the Overwatch League, and unfortunately, there is no more Overwatch League. So what is next? Well, Blizzard has teamed up with the ESL Faceit Group, the EFG, to run what is called the Overwatch Champions Series, which is going to be the OWCS. It's going to be an open format circuit where teams from North America, Europe, Middle East, and North Africa, EMEA, and Asia, they can all compete without having to have their own franchise. Uh, EFG is going to operate the Overwatch Championship Series in North America and EMEA, while Korean esports organizer WDG will be over this in Asia. It's going to have regional qualifiers and tournaments. There will be in-person events at DreamHack Dallas, uh, which is starting May 31st, and DreamHack Stockholm on November 22nd. 
Sorry, Bobby, I don't see DreamHack Atlanta here, but who knows? Uh, eight teams will compete at the events, and then those that qualify for DreamHack Stockholm will duke it out and become the first Overwatch champions. Um, that's also going to be the first time this has been played in Europe in five years. Qualifiers start in February. More information to come. So, I mean, it is interesting that now it's like you could kind of make your own team. It's not going to have like, you know, the San Francisco shock and all the, you know, kind of uh, the, the league behind it. Um, but they're still trying to make sure that this plays out on a large visible stage such as DreamHack. So, interesting. A bummer for those that um, bummer for those that were into the Overwatch League and affiliated with it. All right, let's yeah. move on. Dark Sakura. So, um, Squinix has revealed that there has been some uh, well uh, action taken for uh, people that are selling uh, counterfeit merchandise in China. Well, distributing counterfeit merchandise in China. Um, they put out a press release that detailed that nine people were charged in May 2023 in Guangdong. I hope I pronounced that right. Province. Six were involved in distributing products, while three were charged for manufacturing. This included uh, character items from Final Fantasy and Near Automata. Um, they've, of course, seized all that, that content. And... Uh, they first filed the request, and I'm going to quote, based on information gathered through independent investigations. And um, they, uh, you know, worked with uh, an investigation firm, others in the industry, and basically laid the smack down. So, I mean, I remember back in the day of, uh, you know, having to check and see, is this a real, is this a real Vincent figure? Is it is this a real Dragon Ball CD or is it Sonmei? You know, so it was pretty. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm, they're they're protecting their stuff. They have a right to. Yeah, especially something like Square Enix is kind of prime stuff to get counterfeit products made too. So I'm actually, I actually kind of surprised. This is like, you know, we don't hear about this more often. Unfortunately, it's interesting. I think that there's just a lot of difficulty in being able to this. I mean, this is going to be a very minor dent in the, the counterfeiting, True, you know? And I mean, we would see like identical covers of things released, but the company name changes, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, you want to, you want to double check where you're coming from you want to be sure published like i remember you remember my quest to find a non bootleg uh bust to move 2 soundtrack oh yes if i found one i paid 45 <laughs> bucks for it cuz i needed the real thing i have the same with my original bust to move soundtrack and one of my uh two mix albums mm -hmm. um but but yeah you know you want to you want to read those labels. You want to know what you're looking for. And don't get me started about. Did I tell you that someone sent me a bootleg purse and uh, an Hermes Birkin bag? Oh no! I have a fake Birkin. Huh. <laughs> I might go out with it sometime and just see who notices. But I have a fake Birkin that someone sent me because it was funny. <laughs> but All yeah, right. you want to just be a hundred percent certain of of what you're looking at. Pay attention to things. 
All right. Well, moving on on a completely different note, Loki. Loki, I think, are you muted? Yeah, I know. I know the family's oh. talking behind me. Um, so uh, the Nintendo Switch online service for the 3DS and Wii U are going to be shut off on April 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. At that time, you will not be able to play the Wii U or 3DS online anymore. Well, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. We, knew this uh, was, we knew this was coming, so it's not... Eventually, like, yeah. Uh, and also, the Pokemon stuff is exempt for now, which is the one thing yes, that a lot of the, people have been asking the, about. The two things that are working are Pokemon Bank and Poke Transporter. Uh, those are going to continue to operate. Mm. So. For now. For now. Until there's something something uh, else, maybe. Um, speaking of something else, Nintendo has set some new dates for some concerts that were going to be rescheduled. I don't know if you all remember, but there was supposed to be a Nintendo Live 2024 in Tokyo. It was going to be January 20th, 2021st. I don't know if you remember, Nintendo received credible threats targeting employees and the spectators, so they actually canceled the whole thing. I don't remember. I don't know if you all remember when that story had come through the show. Um, this means that concerts that were going to be a part of that event were canceled. However, these have now been rescheduled, and you can actually watch them. They'll be like a virtual thing that you can watch from home. So the Legend of Zelda concert will be on Nintendo's YouTube channel February 9th at 8 a.m. Eastern. And the Splatoon 3 concert will be February 10th on the same you know, YouTube channel. Uh, but they haven't announced the official time for that yet, although you can gather it's probably going to be a similar time. Um, and if you're wondering why is it so damn early, well, because it's for Japan time. So it's a little different when you consider the time zone changes. Some people have been kind of running with this as, oh, Nintendo's going to announce something in early February because they're doing the concerts in early February. I'm, I mean, I, I kind of think that's wishful thinking. I mean, I'm not saying they're not doing that. I just think people, people are really hoping and wishing that a new switch announcement is true. And in the very near future, but wishing and hoping doesn't make it true. Um, and so, you know, these, these types of things are maybe coincidence. I, I, I hope it is true, but I really think it is, you know, uh, concerts and that stuff, they, they don't just happen overnight. They ta- take a lot of rehearsal and they take practice. And so I sort of think that they paid these folks to uh, be aside as, because it's noted that the concerts were pre-recorded. So what I'm going to guess happened is that they still did the concerts at the event with just nobody there and they recorded it. Uh, so all those people could still, you know, get paid and, and do their thing. And they're going to put it out on YouTube now at this particular time that's not too far in the future after that happened. So they have a little time to edit it together and, you know, clean it up a little bit, maybe uh, make it a little more uh, television presentable. Uh, I, re- I really think that's all it is. And we don't need a tinfoil hat about when the new Switch is being announced. Although I guess this is a good place in the show to bring up. The rumors are heating up on the Switch's successor and, oh, it's an 8-inch LED tablet and all this stuff. And, you know, yeah, there, there's probably a lot of that stuff out there that is true. But at the end of the day, we're we're not going to know until we know, which on Nintendo's timetable will be Tuesday afternoon. They're going to say Thursday morning. You're not going to want to miss this direct. And that's that's as much notice as we'll get. So here's hoping it's this week, but... I'm not going to hold my breath. All right, moving on to something a little more classic, Dark Sakura. 
Well, um, y'all know I like laser discs. I have a bunch of laser discs. And other people like laser discs too. Yay. So um the uh Japanese Game Preservation Society in their annual newsletter um has started uh doing their first migration of laser disc games. Um they uh they were talking about um in part uh of bringing in things like, of course, Dragon's Lair or Road Avenger, um, games that have already been converted to CD game, but now they're bringing in things that were for the MSX. Um, like Star Fighters is one of them, um, game compared to Advanced Wars. Um, and then there was a Don Quixote, A Dream in Seven Crystals, um, not to be confused with Super Don Quixote, um, but it's like an RPG, um, you know, maps random battles stuff um and of course looking at uh various different uh ways to emulate them um like the arcade games have daphne msx have open msx um right now there is no known emulator uh for the pioneer laser active so since that particular game, the Don Quixote A Dream in Seven Crystals was uh, on Laser Active, you know, this is now making this game that's going to be, uh, it's going to make a, an unavailable game unless you have the system in the game. Let me put it out there for you again. And, and the, the thing is that they're not just backing up the video footage, but they are capturing all of the data contained within the game data. Um, you know, they're sampling everything at the highest quality that they can sample. So, um, you know, they're saying it's like eight terabytes per laser disc. Um, so they are passing it through uh, a decoder so they can decode the analog video, all digital data and audio tracks as well. Um, and so once they bring it in and be sure that it will read, then they can work on conversion. Um, so they have to also develop ways to read uh, PCM data. So they're they're putting into it. They're putting into it. So I, I'm really excited to see what um, what comes out of it. I want to see their success. And of course, if this works with um, with these laser active games, they can expand this into other um you know others in the the laser active library in other systems out there uh and laser discs i mean first of all they're kind of harder to find for one thing you know you can't find well working players are harder to find um there it's it's not super difficult to do a repair on a laser disc player but there are parts that you have to order um, you know, specialized uh, from companies recreated. I mean, just sort of like, you know, with pinball, you know. Um, there, today we, you know, while we have Blu-ray and all of this, you know, this was our digital media. And there are lots of, you know, issues that can go on with the laser disc, you know, apart from being scratched or otherwise damaged or heat damaged. There is a, there's a thing called disc rot. I might have explained it to people before. I don't know if anyone remembers. 
Um, for example, there was, I think, a version of, I want to say Beauty and the Beast. Um, it's one Disney movie that, like, half of their pressing ended up having disc rot. Um, and so now that laser disc is very valuable. Um, but basically, um, what happens with, um, with disc rot is that, um, you can have, um, it has these, there's lots of layers on there that are usually, uh, aluminum. Um, they can be mixed with different chemicals and sometimes, um, it will, um, create these little bubbles, I guess, like spots under them. Um, and so those layers in between them can become contaminated um, and they're unreadable. So, I mean, the biggest cause is oxidation, um, but others with contaminants and ultraviolet light damage, like leaving them out in the sun. Um, and they were far more susceptible to that than, of course, our modern DVDs. CDs also are susceptible to it. Um, but making sure that you find discs in pristine condition to do this. I mean, it could get expensive, you know, I, I, I remember how expensive laser discs were just you. And now, um, you know, you're looking for some of these rarer games. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty expensive to find, you know, when they're getting into the later games of, of acquiring some of these. So anyway, well, a lot of people in chat very happy to hear about game and media preservation. Uh, SJ100 Matt says, yay, for game and media preservation. Uh, Dr. Sue says, indeed, always cool to see this kind of stuff preserved. Questbuster with fingers crossed that they succeed on this. SG100 Matt going so far as to suggest, I want a Laserdisc mini console. Put the light gun games on there as well as Dragon's Lair and the other classics. Sign me up. Well, I will say as far as Dragon's Lair goes, that's the one game they don't need to worry about. That game has been preserved. <laughs> on like 30 different consoles that in space ace you know those games are well preserved but i also understand those games can also be big motivating sellers for a thing like that so there's something to be said about that but yes uh, a mini console would be really cool actually that'd be cool yeah i i'm i'm down maybe maybe ever I mean, it would be funny if they had for- like if they just came with like little dvds in them to sort of mimic the laser discs or like know, the three inch mini discs now for the state like a little three inch like gamecube games were that those were yeah cute. i love those yeah that'd be funny all right uh moving on loki all right um <clears throat> so <laughs> the day before is finally gone from the internet or at least gone from all of their official accounts so we knew the game was shutting down. Um, the website's gone inactive. The game's been pulled from Steam. The servers are now turned off. And then, of course, uh, right before they decided to inactivate their Twitter account, they also blamed uh, the players and uh, social media folks out there for the failure of their game, saying that they were too hard on it. I don't think that's fair, but it's what they did. That's that's the way they uh, gotta blame felt. something. So let's blame gotta blame else. somebody else. That's yeah, right. don't take accountability. So, but it's gone, and let this be a lesson for something. But mm. don't always believe the hype. I guess push F to pay respects, or don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, moving on. This is a game that isn't uh, dying, but it's going to be changing significantly. Yes, do you remember the quote-unquote parody game Bloodborne Kart? Yes, somebody was trying to make oh, a Lord. Mario Kart cloning type of game about the uh, series Bloodborne. Well, uh, it originally all started as an April Fool's joke, and it was being brought to light. And now the creators have been contacted by Sony, the IP holders, because this game was originally going to release at the end of the month. But the indie team says, long story short, we need to scrub the branding off of what was previously known as Bloodborne Cart. We will do this, but that requires a short delay. So, um, you know, they kind of assure that the game is going to look different, but and it's no longer going to be Bloodborne, but it is still coming. So I guess it's just going to be, you know, Souls-like horror. No, I, or Souls-like Cart. No, I don't know what the, they could, probably can't call it that either. So uh, it's going to be just called something else, maybe in line with it. Um, and we don't know the new release date, but they're saying we will, you know, ASAP when we do. We were expecting something like this to happen. And the idea of having full creative control is kind of exciting. That's a that's a really weird comment to me. Like, why did you commit to a release date of the month as it was if we were honestly expecting something like this to happen? That's almost like you were like intentionally pushing Sony's hand. I that's a that part of it is weird. Everything else I'm cool with, but I'm like. Why would you say that? Get people. <laughs> anyway, this was first announced in early 2022. Lilith Walther is the developer. They were also behind the Bloodborne D-Make, which where it was like Bloodborne on the PS1. Uh, Bloodborne Cart will have 16 maps, 12 racers, a full single player mode, boss battles even, and split screen multiplayer. But it will no longer have actual characters from Bloodborne. So that that's that. All right. Well, let's Who is surprised? Yeah. No one. Yeah, no one. All right. Uh let's let's talk about other uh classic games here that deserve uh inspirational successors in a segment we love to do here at Orange Lounge Radio right after this bumper. And now it's time to travel back to a simpler time where I'll dive into the vault and pull out a classic and tell you about it. It's time for the classic game of the week. And Dark Soccer, what did you pick for this week? I picked Radical Dreamers. Not to be confused with a Chrono Trigger or, or Chrono Cross. Mm -hmm. um, although there is a tie-in eventually. So, but... Um, Radical Dreamers um, is uh, it came out in 1986 and it's a text-based visual novel adventure game, and it was done by Square for the Satellaview, um, you know the the online peripheral for the Super Famicom, mm -hmm. and it is part of the Chrono series. So that's why I'm saying there were like there was uh, the Chrono Trigger Radical Dreamers edition that did include Radical Dreamers. But this, I'm speaking of the 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 standalone on it, so that's that's my my point. Um, anyway, uh, the game uh, basically you are you are uh, doing an infiltration led by uh, Kid, um, aided by Serge and Magil, and you're looking for an artifact called the Frozen Flame. And uh, to get some revenge too, and so you have to go through. It's, it's all text choices. 
Um, it was also directed and written by Kato Masato, who was the Chrono Trigger writer. Um, and it was very, it was a lot darker. I'll put it that way. Darker than Chrono Trigger. Um, although there were some, you know, funny scenes in there. Music was also done by uh, Mitsuda Yasunori, who did uh, the music in Chrono Trigger. And it happened in three months and Kato wasn't really happy with it. Um, it, it didn't get a big commercial release because it was, you know, Satellaview exclusive to Japan. Um, and Kato actually did not want it on the PlayStation port of Chrono Trigger because of quality concerns, but the ROM had been released and there is a fan translation. Um, so moving onward, like I said, this is a text-based adventure and like when you get into combat, you have to choose, you know, fight, magic, run, you know, um, and sometimes there'll be some more complex commands like like uh, stab something in chest, slash at hand, you know. And you have to make these quickly um, before timer runs out. Um, you have uh, health, uh, health being monitored, um, although you can't see it's invisible. Um, you have kids' affection for Surge that is also um, tracked. And it determines whether or not um, he sur survives the end fight. Um, there, uh, a lot of the scenes are rendered uh, with static backgrounds. Um, I mean, as those who are uh, here live can can see. Um, but uh, you also do have a variant of New Game Plus. Um, so it is only available on the first playthrough. So after you, um, you get like your one ending you go through and you can do other endings. You have up to six endings, um, you know, and some of them are, are funny and they allude back to different things that happen in Chrono Trigger. But, um, but basically, um, you're you're just you know you're going through you have like different different scenes uh different areas um like uh you have the viper manor um you have a lot of exposition of course it happens since this is in text um you find a ruin of the kingdom of zeal for example um you uh you learn more about luca from uh Chrono Trigger, who is, of course, kids' uh, adopted caretaker. Um, you know, so there are all these other scenarios that are available to play that are, you know, like I said, funny or serious, you know, six different ones. And, of course, it was uh, developed by Square. Um, and uh, it was supposed to cover the unfinished business of Chrono Trigger. Um, but I don't know. I, I haven't actually played it yet. This has been on my list to play for a moment. Um, you know, there's a lot of the darker writing came from from Kato's state of mind, like kid being kind of nihilistic. Um, but um, this whole goal with this and for Chrono Cross were to encourage people to you know, to to follow their own personal dreams. 
um although um he said there was a lot of personal freedom in creating this and that making it a text-based adventure made it more acceptable to make it darker um and it was sort of like a sur- survival action um but you know resident evil had just come out so um but yeah um but he he considers the game to be unfinished um because the square wanted it done in two months um the music of course is absolutely gorgeous you know done by uh, Mitsuda Yasunori um some of it is a little bit more relaxed than how some of the things have been for Chrono Trigger and he said that he was very influenced by Russian folk music um and then some of the music in there eventually made its way sort of as quotes for uh Chrono Cross um yeah, about half the music in Radical Dreamers was reused in Chrono Cross. Um, um, as far as um, other releases that it got, like I said, there was a fan translation, but it did get an official translation as part of the Chrono Cross Radical Dreamers edition. Um, and then it had uh, a worldwide release um, April 7th, 2022 for Microsoft Windows, Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One with... Uh, translations in english french italian spanish and german um it was it was very well written it was an interesting plot and it it was fairly decently received but other people did agree that it it felt a little unfinished um but this was considered um a very in between story however kato said he wanted to redo radical dreamers properly and that's what led into making chrono cross so um he wanted to finish kid and serge's story and so that's why they're the main people in chrono cross um so they they even refer to um different events in chrono cross for things that happen directly in radical dreamers so um so basically Radical Dreamers is like an alternate timeline for them. Um, Kato was supposed to be, uh, well, the, the, he confirmed, by the way, that the character Gil was supposed to be Magus um, and was going to be in Chrono Cross, but he was scrapped from it, for example. Um, so just all kinds of different things. And I, this is one that had been on my radar to play. And I never got around to it, but there's a lot of people who don't exactly realize what this is, you know, and I just wanted to give it a little bit of love. So there you go. It's uh, Radical Dreamers. All right. Lastly, uh, admittedly one I have not, I mean, I knew of this game, but never played it myself and uh yeah i keep forgetting like oh there's like a text adventure game on the super nintendo and it was to tell of you yeah so that's um, the big thing it's mm-hmm. and i agree with what Questbuster said because i was going to be going over that is that it is it, it's been in the attempts to preserve a lot of the to games mm-hmm. and one of the the few of them i think that got a full uh release outside of japan all right. Yeah. 
All right. Well, good, good. Uh, if good I made a band, I'd call it Radical Dreamers. <laughs> I bet somebody's had to have taken that name by now. It was also a song in Chrono Trigger at some point. So, or Chrono, it was. Chrono Series. Yeah. In Chrono Cross. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, let's check out some other quick headlines from around the industry in a segment we call Rapid Fire News. So, Loki, some headlines quick. Yes, apparently the producer of Zelda, uh, E.G. on I, I can't pronounce names. Anuma? Uh, Anuma, yes, thank you. Uh, my brain just wanted to shut off there for a sec. Uh, was spotted at Universal Studios uh, on site at during the park construction of their new section, uh, which I think is the Donkey Kong-themed area. Um but yes, leading to suspicions that could there be a Legend of Zelda part of the theme park coming? I mean, yeah, obviously at some point, <laughs> for sure. They're not going to not make one of their popular properties into theme park fodder. I mean, that is eventually going to happen, I think. But as of right now, no, nothing has been confirmed other than why are people spying on people at the construction sites for a theme park? You do you, I guess. <laughs> um, this is a little bit disappointing. Remember how there was supposed to be this big live-action uh, Final Fantasy fourteen television series? Yeah, I got canceled. It's yeah, not happening. I was sad to hear it, but at the same time, if it wasn't going to be great... It sounds like it, a show like that would have been expensive. And if it wasn't going to be great, the yeah. absolute worst thing that could have happened, too, is that they would have made it and then had it be a tax write-off. That would have been yeah. They worse, said so. that they had a. We took around a fantastic pilot script uh, by Ben Lustig and Jake Thornton, along with a multi-season plan. Um, they built with our showrunners, but got rejected across the board. The size and scale needed to do it right proved too much for anyone to want to risk. That's too bad. All right, uh, Dark Sagra. Well, um, I, I I spent money on a thing, Rob. Uh oh, was it this I, in the story? I ordered this. Oh, it is this. I love it. So, Microids Records uh, is helping to commemorate the uh, Atari Fifty. Uh, that they have an anniversary soundtrack that is uh going on with Atari. That is um a collection of just different you know, songs and sound pieces uh, ever since 1983, composed by Bob Baffey. And it's just a a big homage to the history of Atari. It's going uh, on shelves on April 17th, 2024. And I ordered this for myself as an early birthday present. Love it. I forgot to mention during my gaming week, I busted out the Evercade that I talked about a few weeks ago because I got some of my, I ordered some more cartridges, some some that went out of print, including the Atari Collection 2, which has Yars Revenge on it. So I absolutely did play Yars Revenge and yet another collection this week, but some games never get old and that's one of them. Uh, I don't know if I'll be getting the vinyl though. That might be a lot. So <laughs> it's, it's on uh, gold vinyl. Mm-hmm. And really beautiful uh, packaging, you know, minimalist. I'm into it. Yeah. Totally getting it. Uh, Dartisuya in chat says, I'm just surprised this didn't get an 8-track release. Mm. It's, uh, that would have been fitting. Nah! <laughs> All right. Did I tell you Dan gave me an 8-track the other day? No. That's awesome. You know what it is? 
Fleetly say ABBA. Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Ooh, that's a good one too, though. And you want to know what? What? When I was a kid, I used to own this same album on 8-track. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about because this. Stevie Nicks is a goddess that walks this earth. Mm-hmm. She's pretty cool. All right. Going back to <laughs> going back to uh, rapid fire news, I want to talk about this. This crossed our desk this week. It's uh, Hilltop Works is the name of uh, the company, and they actually put out a tweet this week. It, Hilltop Works they they localize Japanese video games. They do patches. For example, uh, they recently did Rowdy Princess on the PlayStation Two. They kind of did a, a whole little uh, translation patch for that, and so on. So they do a lot of a lot of stuff. They actually put out a poll. Uh, they said, "Is there a Japan only retro game that you'd love to see an English fan translation for?" I now have a suggestion form where you could submit requests. So they have a whole little form there, and why am I bringing it up here on OLR? Because one of the top replies on Twitter, President Cat. <laughs> yes. Or, or the you game. You know what? I didn't even realize this was in our show role. <laughs> and I was just replying to it at the start of the show. Oh, I thought you saw it on the show role. That's funny. Nope. No. Nah. The game. No. Nah. Formerly... And I did put it in as a suggestion. Yeah. I think it was uh, the actual name was Sukiban Sochao Renawi. Some uh, what was it? Sukiban Sochao Renawi. Thank yep. you. Which Dark Soccer I, like del- delinquent company president cat? Yeah, something like that. And I asked Dark Soccer to translate it back in like 2008 or 2009 when this was first a thing because it was on the Nintendo Wii, and she said, "Oh, it's basically President Cat." And that that made me get on my whole soapbox about. Why aren't we releasing this kind of stuff on the Wii here in the U.S.? Is everybody would play a fucking game called President Cat. Everybody loves cats. Even if you're allergic, you can't help but think cats are a little bit adorable. Like, we need more games like this. So it is It is really funny to me. 15 years later, there might finally be redemption. <laughs> Just and, you know, it's going to be a pain in the ass to to localize i mean given the graphical elements on top of that that yes. are are you know have writing on it but you know what i'm i'm making this happen i'm gonna make president cat trend again but i'm assuming hilltop works has i mean if they're doing stuff on playstation 2 uh, they're they're in there you know patching those you know newer consoles as well so um but there's we'll already Wii fan translations existing mm-hmm. so yeah we need yeah. to have a President Cat TV show now. Honestly, it would be better than a lot of the crap they're putting out there now. So yep. there you go. All right. Let's uh, travel around the world and see what games are coming out this week, even if President Cat is not is still not yet one of them. Uh, Loki, what's coming out in the U.S. this week? Not a lot, um, but we're in January, so it's to be expected. Uh, the, we have the Lost Legends of Redwall, the Scout Anthology on PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. Uh, Rugby 24 on PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. Blaze Blue Entropy Effect on PC. Uh, we've got Grand Blue Fantasy Relink on PC, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5. Uh, we've also got uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Cursed Clash on PC, oh. Nintendo Switch, PlayStation Mixie 4. Pl- is totally into that anime. Yeah, I have no idea what this anime is. My kids watch it. I bet. Uh, 
PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. Uh, Persona 3 Reload on PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series. And last but not least, and I didn't realize it was even coming out this soon, but Suicide Squad killed the Justice League on PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series. We'll see how that game turns out this week. That's it. Just really quickly on a random aside, I've, I can't believe I've never thought to do this, but like just all this talk about President Cat this evening made me do this. Did you know if you Google President Cat Nintendo Wii, you get this game, even though the top result is not that. So there is enough out there. Like the, the fact that, you know, we, we gave it that label name. The Wikipedia for it, it. If you gave it President Cat Nintendo Wii, you get this game and you get all these random YouTubes related to this game. And then way down here, you finally get gamers looking to get this localized. And then the whole, it was the worst selling Wii game, which by the way, I just want to, I want to point out here. And this is only from like a year ago or something. The only one I'd ever seen for sale. Nobody ever fucking proved this. This was like an article written for one website that everybody ran with. And the proof was not exactly there. Because, and you want to go back to that thing about context and all that stuff about, you know, getting the extra you want to see. They paired it with pictures of somebody doing the demo at the store where there wasn't like really a line or there wasn't everybody there. It was one store. And who knew how much promotion or anything they put into it? And somebody else had even said, I was there at that event. And yeah, some of the time the table was empty, but a lot of the time it was hopping over there. So I'm sorry. Nobody ever proved that it sold the shittiest it did, except for the fact yeah, you're going to tell me a game with cats doesn't is not going to sell. Actually, I'm sorry. Loki bought like three of those copies. If it really I only one of them, one, <laughs> if it only sold a hundred copies, how many of them were sold over here? It's just record. Anyway. I am planning on putting out a shirt of Midna wearing the cat ear headband. <laughs> yes, you should. This is, this is Midna for president cat. Dr. Tetsuya says you should see how much it's going for. Be- like that 80 should, bucks. That should tell you right there that there's more than 100 copies out there. But I wonder if I still have my copy. Or- I can't remember if I gave it to Jamie or not or if I have my copy still. Give it to me, but I will gladly take it off your hands. I have. I think I still have it somewhere. And I didn't sell it or throw it away, so that's for sure. All right. Well, moving on, let's talk about Japanese releases because uh, I got distracted a little bit there with, uh, you know, President Cat being. I was really also going to say, like, I thought it was always funny, too, that President Cat wore cat ears, even though they are cat. So that's strange. Mm-hmm. I like I it's like wearing a mask of a human, even though I am, in fact, human. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, let's talk about some releases in Japan on the Nintendo Switch this week. And no, President Cat is not one of them. But uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Cursed Clash is coming out in Japan this week. As well as The Legend of Legacy HD Remastered is out in Japan this week on the Nintendo Switch as well. The Enigma Machine and Alterity Experience. I'm guessing that's a combo pack game is coming out as well. Yeah, it looks like it's uh, two games in one. 
those are all out this week in Japan on the first on the Switch and going to the PlayStation 5 and checking out the releases there. Ooh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink is out in Japan this week, as well as the release of Jujutsu uh, Kaisen Curse Clash is there as well. But I'm telling you that Grand Blue Fantasy is coming out like a bunch of different editions, so that must be the um, big release. Uh, Legend of Legacy is also out, uh, HD Remaster, on the PlayStation 5, so it's a pretty similar week uh, between the two systems. I will. shit. Are you that excited about uh, Legend of Legacy, Dark Sakura? <laughs> no, I'm looking at people selling the the game for twelve grand. Rena, we what? Some people in eat their sealed copies, and then an open one is like five hundred. That's stupid. Oh my god, Loki! You might have like stadium events sitting in your garage somewhere. I don't have stadium events in my garage. No, but that's you, that's my point. You, you have oh. this somewhere. Anyway. It's not sealed, though, because I have opened it yeah, up. I was, but... Yeah. Uh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League, also out in Japan, uh, same date as the rest of the world. Uh, also coming out same date as the rest of the world, Persona 3 Reload, also hitting Japan this week. So pretty pretty busy week over there. Dark Sakura, how about the UK? Um, On... In January on the 30th, we have Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League Deluxe Edition for PlayStation and Xbox. On the 31st, for the same uh, devices, we have Arc- Arcade Game Zone. And then February 2nd for PlayStation, we have Crossfire Sierra Squad. Um, on PlayStation Switch and Xbox, we have uh, Jujutsu Kaisen uh, Cursed Clash. Um, PlayStation Xbox Persona 3 Reload. Um and also uh, for PlayStation Xbox, I guess the regular version of Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. All right. There you go. We have just a few more stories for you, and then we'll open it up to the listener roundtable. I think we have at least an email this week and maybe some other comments and chat and so forth. Until we get there, let's go to Loki. Uh, a couple headlines for us. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> I wish it was, Can we get good news regarding game companies? But. Uh, apparently, uh, PUBG publisher Crafton Inc. has been named in a wrongful termination and sexual assault lawsuit. Yay! In Yay. California! Yay! Because this is what Yay. happens. Nobody can operate a company correctly anymore. Uh, so, yes. There was uh, much rejoicing. <laughs> I don't know if there's rejoicing, but... Uh, you put that, sound, put that soundboard down and step away from the soundboard. Yes, yeah, so, so of course, uh, you know the a representative for Craft and Inc. says that they uh, they're treating all allegations of improper workplace conduct with the utmost seriousness. And yeah, sure, uh, whatever, I'll believe you. Okay, whatever. Um, so I guess we'll have to wait and see what's happening with uh, some sort of lawsuit with this, um, or if we will hear about this. Is this going to become the next Activision Blizzard thing? I don't know. Wait and see, I guess. So I'm going to take a step. I'm going to make a stab at something. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try not to get ranty about it, but I'm going to say it now. Okay. Parents, teach your boys to respect women. The end. No arguments here. Loki, let's do a palate cleansing different headline, please. Uh, Yes. So Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is the series' biggest Steam launch ever. 
which is great. I'm glad to see that it's doing well. People um, in this country finally know what Yakuza is. Exactly. Now that they changed so, the name to Like a Dragon, everybody knows it. Yeah, it's uh, they've had uh, peak concurrent users on that game of almost 31,000 at a time. Uh, the second place goes to, of course, Like a Dragon, um, Gaiden, the man who erased his name, which was, I think, the last release that came out. Uh, that was 13,000. And then prior to that, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which was uh, 95 um hundred so it's going up every release like and significantly jumped up from the last one although i want to say maybe the last one wasn't as appealing maybe because if it's a different time period but certainly a threefold 300 percent that game you mentioned the the one that was just under this that was more of a bridge game it was a short 10 hour game that um bridged the story of the current protagonist and the former protagonist of the yakuza series and it was more of a beat-em-up so yeah. that that I I think that game was kind of noticed by less people because it really served more as a, a kind of a bridge game. It wasn't technically a mainline game. I do need to finish like a dragon, and I probably need to play this. It looks good. Yeah, I'm. I Bobby had a lot of good things to say about it tonight on his show, and I don't doubt it's good. But he did also say it really does help to have played the first game, well, or or meaning like a dragon, play that one. You don't have to have played the beat 'em up Yakuza games because the series essentially did kind of soft reboot with like a dragon, sort of. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you really do want to finish that one, which infamously is a meme on this network now that I never did. Yeah. I will have to actually go back and probably restart that game. Cause I don't I'm remember at. it. You can, yeah. although last time I threatened to do that, uh, Bobby reminded me, you can watch chapter summaries in the game. Mm. Like they do have recap stuff. So you can kind of get yourself caught up on the story. I just remember that I was at a point where I had to make like 3 million yen or something. I don't remember what it was. Uh, and I was like, that's too much. And I got distracted by something shiny. Bye. So I never did properly finish that game, but it was, I mean, I didn't dislike it by any means. I put more hours oh, into that than I did most games. Yeah. yeah. But I bet, I think game pass probably really helped. Actually. I know this is steam. And so it is kind of a different, but I, I would still argue that game pass helped bring a lot more eyes to that series and was kind of an example of, well, maybe I'm not going to drop 70 bucks to check this game out, but I'll check it out. Cause I have game pass and now they're dropping 70 bucks on the sequel because they really enjoyed what they played. So I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, Bobby says uh, the money gate was killer if you didn't save scum in the poker room, which I guess is a way that uh, people get through it. And uh, Bobby also says it's not just summaries. It's all the cutscenes, So you can pretty much watch the movie of like a dragon if i if i need to get caught up which i probably will someday i will say i saw one part of the new game um because uh alan was calling it out on lapin's stream was playing it and it was like a tinder clone type of thing where like uh there was like a little tinder mini game and he was getting all these like catfish people and it was really you know it was kind of funny but then like legitimately one of them is like a real sexy woman but like re like actually real like not rendered in the game like they somehow fused it with like 4k footage of a real you know japanese woman like being very like you know sexy and all that stuff and uh you know that it was really funny um it, it, it was it was in the the same tone of a lot of you know, like a dragon is where the pendulum mm-hmm. swings hard. One moment, it's a very serious crime drama. And then the next moment, it's a fucking cartoon. And this was one of those. It's a fucking cartoon moments. So, but that's what makes it fun. So, yeah. 
All right. Uh, uh, Questbuster says, yeah, the Tinder part is great. Bobby says, mismatch is hilarious. They're actually Twitch streamers. Really? <laughs> That's funny. Was the model at the end there a Twitch streamer? What a great, um, what a great credit if they were, because that was a pretty, you know, it wasn't a long cut scene, but it was still to like have a real person in the game mixed with the, um, you know, rendered. Well, it was it was one of those things where like the camera never showed them both. It's like your first person perspective from Ichiban's perspective, and it was all like real. It was very interesting. So, all right. Oh wow, the FMV are all streamers. They used VTubers as their IRL selves in FMV and Like a Dragon Gaiden. Oh my gosh. And Questmaster points out all of it is optional content, but it's still hilarious. Yeah. Uh, these games have tons of optional content because uh, the, the whole Sega arcade we often forget is in these games. Like there's, there's literally like five classic Sega games in every Yakuza game they've ever put out. We're always sitting here going, why did Animal Crossing strip out the Nintendo games? That was the best part of the game. Exactly. Meanwhile, Yakuza's over here going, hello, we have classic Sega games in our games. Hello. And, it and if I remember correctly, there's like an Animal Crossing type like mini game that's in this one too. Oh shit, really? Probably. Why wouldn't there be? So like, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I love it. All right. Anyway, uh, good note to end on. One of those games we'll get to eventually. Uh, let's get to the listener roundtable and get your comments and perspective, uh, whether it's through our email bag. Participate at orangelaunchradio.com is the place to send an email, or you can always uh, message us in our chat as well. I'm going to be honest. I'm not really checking the social media these days. In fact, I missed a message that was kind of important by like a week um, because I'm not really on Twitter unless a news article takes me there. And then I'm like, oh, OLR has an alert on the account. What's the, oh, we got tagged in 10 different co- posts about Bitcoin. Oh, what's this one? Oh, this is one I might want to respond to. Um, so yeah, uh, anyway, just we're not great on social media at this point. Uh, but if you tag me on Blue Sky, I'll see it like in five minutes. It's just, that's where I'm at now. Blue Sky is the superior location. I 100% agree, 100% agree, but it's just, I people- I go, I, I look at Twitter but I feel like the scene where Arthur and the knights approach Camelot in Monty Python and the quest for the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. One second thought, let's not go to Twitter. It's mm-hmm. a silly place. Yeah. And can we, can, by the way, can we have a moment to acknowledge and applaud that Blue Sky was mentioned at Games Done Quick and um, who may have been responsible for that? Can we applaud that, please? Because, yes, I agree. Blue Sky is the superior platform. It, it is. Yes, it's missing direct messaging. Yes, it doesn't have video, but they have the uh, integrated YouTube and Twitch and that stuff now. They're getting there. DMs are on their roadmap and stuff. They are further along in the time they've been up than Twitter in its early days got. You know, so they're they're doing their best. But, <laughs> mm. SSJ100 Matt says Twitter is full of anal spiders, and I wonder if that's another word for anti- anti-Semitic people, so I can just call them anal spiders. He's referencing a meme that happened in Discord this week because um, it was it was this whole back and forth about, uh, basically, I said Bobby Kotick um, is an anal spider, basically, and it was it's it goes back to that oh. 2DX song. Oh, okay, because I was going to say AS, you know, for both. I'm like, oh. I'm going to steal that friend for <laughs> Uh, but you know people. what? I you you sure should. <laughs> Hamas is full of anal spiders. <laughs> um, but I will say, on a serious note about Blue Sky, what makes it superior, and this is this is what people often forget, 
there are no ads and you are in complete control of your algorithm. That is why it is 100% better than Twitter, Facebook, threads, any of it. You are in control of your algorithm and uh, people build custom algorithms. If you want an algorithm that is nothing but pornography, that exists for you. If you don't want to see that and you want to, uh, if you, in fact, Bobby Blackwolf made a custom feed all about Dragon Con. If you want to see every post on Blue Sky that talks about Dragon Con, Bobby made a feed for that. So there's, there's also, you can create your own sort of feeds that way. And that's why, but uh, it's, I'll just get, but Twitter's still comfortable for people because that's where Lady Gaga is and where all the newsmakers still are. So I understand it's difficult, but it's a fucking cesspool. Make the switch. You won't regret it. All right. The more, the more people that make it's the switch, the less you'll feel that. Anyway. All right. I have five invite codes, y'all. Yeah, I have invite codes too. Any anybody is I will pass them out like they're candy. Anybody is more than welcome. If you're affiliated with Vog Network and you're here Sunday nights or even if you email us, get a hold of me on Discord. Vognetwork.com slash Discord. Like like all of us are oozing in invites. Like the invite wall is very easy to get around at this point, but it's still is very effective at keeping bots and spammers out. It's not perfect because people foolishly post their codes on Twitter uh, without, you know, doing something to redact it or and bots pick it up, but it certainly slows it way the fuck down. I actually hope Blue Sky just stays invite only permanently. It's not hard to get on if you just ask. Oh, the cool kids are. Yeah. So, but come to. Don't be you, shy. You can come be one of us. That's right. One okay. Of us. Uh, speaking of one of us, emails, right? Participate at orangelaundradio.com is the place to send us an email. And I believe we have at least one tonight. We have one. I had to make sure the other one was an old one because someone doesn't clean out the mailbox. It all gets forwarded to my other email. <laughs> Hello, peoples. So I have been slowly following the online discord about Power World, uh, both because I've been on my... Uh, Ski staycation 2024 for the past two weeks, and because I honestly do not care. Between me catching up on Checkpoint, part of the Loading Ready Live universe, and other online gaming things, I still am not motivated to care. So, should I? Honestly, should I or anyone else care about Pal World? I am someone who is delving into my back catalog to the point that the games, uh, I'm currently playing our Jeanne d'Arc on PSP and Dragon Age. Do you mean Inquisition instead of Insurrection? But honestly, should I or anyone else care? Stay care, Redertainment. This message has been brought to you by those mustaches the members of the elite are wearing for some yet to be explained reason. You see. No, don't care. You see what happened is he was playing. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition while he was watching Star Trek Insurrection and sometimes these things happen so yeah that's all I don't uh, you don't you don't have to care okay it's um, not great you don't have to care I I don't think you should have us answer this question for you like I'm I'm very flattered that we would answer this question for you I don't think you should I don't think you should care about our opinion or anyone I else just said he matter. doesn't have to <laughs> that's and I'm saying Red Entertainment doesn't need to listen you to can you do what you want or you're anyone. an adult Exactly. You're 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 an adult. Like and here's the thing. We've gone over the You can have cake for breakfast. You're an adult. <laughs> That's right. You can you can steal Pokemon and make your own game and suffer the possible legal question repercussions of that. You're a fucking adult. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's, here's what I mean on it, a It's like note. putting on your underwear. 
You know, as long as you put some on, it's fine as and it's clean. But like, no one needs to know what color your underwear on. If you care enough to pick out a specific color and make of your underwear, then that's up to you. But, but we ja- don't all have to know about it. Well, Jamie, a lot of guys don't. So that's that's also up to you. That's a personal choice. <laughs> It's just, don't don't ask me what underwear you should put on today. You make that decision. Here's the thing. Look, no, and I, <laughs> and I do have to explain to SSJ100 Matt about cake for breakfast. When I moved out here and I had cake for breakfast, I took a picture of it, sent it to my mother, and said, "I'm an adult." Here's True the story. thing. I do what Red Entertainment's been listening for a long time, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm mocking. I I'm I, mean, I think it's nice that somebody would ask this question and so forth. Here's the thing. We did. We talked about all the discourse trademarked and all that stuff earlier in the show. At this point, I feel like you should have some type of inclination. Is this game for you or not? And the biggest thing is, you you heard me say it. It's a survival game, but the dinosaurs from Ark were replaced with Pachymon. Legally distinct question mark to be determined. Pokemon. If that sounds like a game that's of interest to you. Sure, put it on your radar. If it sounds like, wow, I hate survival games. You know what? There's like 10 other games that came out this week. Bobby would prefer that you play Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, quite frankly. Um, And it sounds like Jamie would as well. Uh, So you really kind of have to decide on your own merits. And don't let anyone, us, Twitter, Blue Sky, TV, YouTubes, TikToks, don't let anyone make those decisions for you. That's all. And if you want to have cake for cake for breakfast, do it. All right. And you know what? Hmm. I don't care what your undies preferences are. Just saying. <laughs> is that where is that where chat has gone to now? Oh yes, I see. All right, all right. <laughs> sure. If you. If you want to go out in granny panties and you're comfy with that, go for it. That ain't everybody's, that's, you know, that's uh, bucket of coffee. Some people find them comfortable and practical. That is your prerogative. That's, that's if there it. are dudes who like to go on tomantis.com and wear freely lacy manties, I, don't I know. think it is actually. That's an old ass joke for us too. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if the manties are still available. Mm-hmm. So, so mantis.com is still looking like some uh 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 comic sans geo shitties realness on here. The site is still there. Anyway. Go get your mantis. I really want to change the subject and go to chat and see if there's <laughs> anything that you want to ask us about or talk about, preferably in gaming and not, you know. Uh, in in the underwear section at Target, uh, just you know something uh, you want to ask us about. Um, SSG and Hunter Matt says I heard there's a game called Tunic that sh- folks should play. Oh, I think that's a reference to a Red Entertainment's uh, question there about should I play Pal World? <laughs> no, play Tunic. That's Tunic's that's the good. that's the recommendation. Yeah, Tunic's pretty good. So Red Entertainment, maybe I will. I will humor your request. I'll say no, play Tunic. But I can I can already see next next week's email. I already played Tunic. Now what do I do? <laughs> like I've already been to heaven, and after five minutes, I was like, "Let's go." <laughs> you could also do you know how I make decisions on a lot of games? I watch my friends play them on Twitch television or YouTube 
or wherever, you know, they happen to be streaming and stuff. Because I find that like watching real people play the games and get those impressions oftentimes helps me understand the game a lot better than a uh, selectively targeted kind of advertisement trailers. We all know have a bunch of pre-rendered stuff in it, you know, or even the review stuff is sometimes very limited to craft a certain narrative. So I like just watching a clip of somebody playing the real deal, you know, and that's how I inform a lot of my decisions. So for entertainment, if you're looking for something to play, what are your, what are the cool people on uh, Twitch playing right now that you like to follow? That might be another one. And this goes for anybody. Not to, I keep picking on Redertainment because the email, but they really Go play Pizza Tower. Pizza Tower. Go play Pixel Poops. What's Pizza Tower? Yeah, pizza Tower is basically, it's like a, um, it's like a spiritual successor to Wario Woods, but it's, oh. it's not. It, it's just that the gameplay is similar to a Wario game. Hmm, interesting. Play Dead by Daylight unless you're going to play with me. <laughs> I have Tekken played. 8. It's out. I forgot that uh, Alan Wake is coming out next week. The, the That's in, right. In DBD, the new Survivor. I haven't played DBD since. Chucky. And all the nerfs. <laughs> yeah. Times. I'm playing Killer tonight, so we'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Loki, yeah. do you have any um, last minute stories for us tonight? Um, not really. I mean, I saw there's like uh, one of the things talking about. The layoffs at Microsoft, we're talking about that their um, console division, that the folks responsible for bringing more physical releases out into the retail space have been laid off. So I don't know if that necessarily means oh, anything. Oh, right. I know no, I we've think been... it does, because we had a story last week about Walmart pulling back on the Xbox uh, physical releases. And uh, I wonder if there isn't something to that, which is, again, is sad, like. Yeah, are awesome, like but... a lot of like even when I go down the aisles like for video games and stuff like that nowadays, like I go every week at the Target and um yeah, it is looking pretty pathetic. But it's it's not like it's that I don't know, like you could still go buy games there, but like it's it's certainly like the stores doing. I don't know if they're just not selling a lot. And maybe that's the case. Maybe a lot of folks are just kind of okay with purchasing digital copies nowadays, mm-hmm. um, which I can see that more on the Microsoft side because you know certainly you have access to your back catalog all the way up through the original Xbox. Well, Microsoft um, really wants you on Game Pass. I mean, yeah, they want you on Game Pass, but it's not like one of those things where you're going to lose your purchases going to the next platform, like you know, say with Nintendo and like the Switch, for example. Like even with the PlayStation Five. You still have access to your PlayStation 4 games and maybe three if those are compatible or whatever. Um, but yeah, I could see like people being certainly comfortable with digital games. I know I am on PC. I mean, I remember back in the day, I was like, oh, was... no way. Like, yeah, I got over that really fast. <laughs> um, but it's it's a little different, though. Like, I'm not worried about that. Those libraries going away and that stuff, once again as you go along and get new hardware or get a new PC or whatever the case may be, you're still going to have that library that follows with you. And for the most part, those should all still play very well on your new hardware, assuming that the game is not super duper old in which, you know, and even then like there's some workarounds for that, but I don't know. I know we had that whole, uh, article or the whole thing about ubisoft saying that like people need to start getting used to not owning their games or whatever the case may be um i think that was like sort of taken out of context attacked by the way yeah um 
but it like I don't know necessarily that people are not used to owning their games, but like in the sense that I think they're saying not owning physical media or something like that. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, the companies are going to do what they want to do. We just either support it or don't. Um, some comments still coming in in chat about, um, you know, Redertainment's question and the discussion that came from that. Uh, Questbuster says, if you don't like Pal World, but like another survival sim with fantasy trappings, Enshrouded just came out and is apparently very good. Yeah, I was watching someone stream that and it looked interesting to me. Um, I was hoping it was on Game Pass or free to play. It's not. So I have to sink some money into that. But I think it was only like 23 bucks or something. So it looks it looks interesting. I might have to check yeah, it out. It's, it's on sale right now for twenty six ninety nine on Steam. Okay, I was close. Twenty six ninety nine. It's probably like first week sale, and then it goes up to twenty nine ninety nine, which ironically is the same price as Power World. Um, yeah, it's going up uh, in a couple days. Um, SSG one hundred. Matt Matt reminds us Tekken eight also came out this week. Crazy amount of Ooh, games. Seventy dollar game that one. Art named Power World. Uh, E3VL reminds me of one I wanted to still check out too, but it also kind of has a high price tag. Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, which is like that Prince of Persia Metroidvania type of game. I really wanted to check that game out. So Fail. Just wait for a sale yeah, for that kinda, one. I'm kind of thinking the Ubisoft games tend to end up on Game Pass, so I'm probably just kind of waiting for that. But yeah, I'd like to check that game out at some point for sure. Especially since, you know, they you know, don't like you owning your games. So you know, <laughs> pay them less money if possible. All right. Well, with all that, it's about time to wrap up tonight's show and uh, head on out for next week. Um, so I want to thank everybody here at the end of the show for listening to the show. If you enjoyed what you heard here, whether it was live or on the podcast feed, help us spread the word. We are the show where every gamer has a voice, but we need more voices to put out here on air. So uh, tell a friend or two about the show. Uh, a nice five-star review on a site like iTunes or um, Spotify goes an awful long way in um helping to uh get the word out about this show by the way speaking of itunes very random sort of aside but this discussion came up on discord and i did have to sign in and agree to it um apparently based on what i'm agreeing to apple's going to start offering transcriptions of the show basically live like as you listen um so while i i'm not interested in having 20 year old episodes of the show transcribed um for like searchable stuff or whatever. I think if, if for accessibility, if someone wants to listen to last week's OLR and have the words up on the screen while we're saying them, I think that's pretty cool. So it uh, looks like that's a feature that assumably is coming soon based on the fact that I just agreed to the fact that if we put a thing in the store, we're having it transcribed. So, um, but you know, people have been asking for that for a long time. Um, it was ex- it was expensive to do like we looked into it and it was too unfortunately as you all know we really don't make a lot of money off this you all are very kind with your bits and your subs we do appreciate it that helps keep vog network a legitimate business and helps us do the occasional promo at a convention or something like that but uh, pretty much all of that goes right into the cost of running a business we don't like get to spend it on fun stuff so um yeah just uh you know, that's cool that transcription is coming and will help more people discover the show. All right. Um, Dark Soccer, we'll go ahead and say bye-bye to you as I know you've got your stream you're going to do and all that stuff. Um, any final words or final thoughts for our listeners tonight? I just still want to encourage everybody to uh, fact check anything that you read on your social media and uh, and bring them home. All right. Have a good night, Dark Soccer. Have Bye. a good stream. Bye. You too. Uh, Loki, that takes us to you and your final thought tonight. 
Uh, my final thought is I got to spend the week editing and then designing. Good times. Good Never times. ends. Never ends. Yep. Uh, my final thought is I have like three more weeks until my cruise and I am maybe four. I lost count, but I'm really excited. That's all I have to say. It's getting closer. It's less than 30 days away and I'm really fucking excited because I don't think we're going to go in 2025. So this is going to be the last one for a little bit so that we can travel to other places too. I really want to, I still want to go to Europe and see the ABBA show one of these days, one of these days. Anyway, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time in seven days to do it all over again. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to Orange Launch Radio, whether it was live or on the podcast feed. We just appreciate you being here and supporting us. Uh, We'll be back next week to do it all again as we inch closer and closer to episode 1000. People keep asking, do you have anything special planned for episode 1000? And my answer is no. But stay tuned. Maybe something in the next eight weeks. We'll see. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to Orange Lounge Radio. Orange Lounge Radio is a production of OLR Studios. To join us for our live show, tune into VogNetwork.com Sunday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff of Orange Lounge Radio nor Vogue Network, but you know they were all still true.